What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Seahawks Social. This is a rough week for Seahawks fans. Going one and three in the last four. Yikes, Carl. Yikes. Um, but good news is we have a podcast to release all that negative energy. And uh, tonight's was fun. Had our uh, good buddy and potentially the most knowledgeable man in football, Michael Bell, back on the podcast. If you like NFL, if you like Seahawks, listen to the first half. If you're interested in our thoughts on Masters and everything PGA, listen to the second half. Or if you just love us, listen to the whole thing. We love you guys. Seahawks season is over. So we're going to start with uh, Masters because it was a lot more exciting of a weekend in the golf world than it was in the NFL world. Pick. Slightly depressed. Not. You look a not, little. You look a little deflated. Yeah. You know what my problem is? Is I can't really figure out what's wrong with the Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, I can I can tell you. Can I'm you pretty, shed some light on that? Pretty sure I know exactly what it is. And we talked about it a little bit over text, but the Seahawks are built in a way where if Russell Wilson doesn't play unbelievably well and doesn't turn the ball over, they can't beat teams that are competent. I think they can beat shitty teams still, but the there's no chance if he's turning the ball over that they'll beat a good team. Especially with the Rams, and I think the Rams match up like perfectly against them. Last week against the Bills. Oh, Bills, yeah. Wilson was knocked down sixteen times. Yeah. You see that? That was the most by any if for any quarterback this year. Yeah. He had like 35 pass attempts and was knocked down 16 times. Carl, that means every time he <laughs> drops back, one out of two times, he's getting hit to the ground. That's funny. <laughs> I, uh, Do you think I, that I, forces you to play a little shitty? <laughs> I think it does, and I think it yeah. show, just shows you like how unbelievably good he's been for the last little while. But I think he has, in the last six games, he's got nine interceptions and 12 turnovers total. Which is like worse than at league average by far. He's got the most picks in the league right now. Yeah, um, and like if I was to ask you, like, what's Buster Wilson's biggest skill? Like, what is he best at? Uh, elusivity yeah. and protecting the football. Yeah, so I think he's just like, but you know, like a few years ago when everyone was like, "Oh, Russell Wilson's just a game manager." Mm -hmm. They love to use that word, and people who know football say. Being, being a game manager isn't a negative thing. It just means you're boring because you don't turn the ball over. So it's really weird to see him make the decisions that he's making right now. Like the, the, the one pick he made after when Seattle was driving down the field, and I think they could have tied the game or taken the lead before the... They were down 10-7. They are down 10-7. And it was one of those plays where he's scrambling, and then he looks into the end zone and throws across his body, and you're like, oh, he's, he's found the wide open guy. And he threw, and the Rams guy was just like, it was like a perfect pass to the Rams guy. And you're like, that, that's something that like I haven't seen in years from him. My or, reaction when Russell Wilson is scrambling 
and decides to throw the ball is usually good. Yeah. Because like, he makes good decisions usually. Yeah. But for some reason on that pass attempt, he's scrambling out to the right and there's nobody in front of him. I can't remember what down it was. Was it third down? Maybe I it was think like it was, third I, think nine. I thought it was early. I thought it was like second down. Was it? Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, I, I think we we're on like the 30 maybe. And it was an easy, another 15 yards. Like, n- literally no one was in front of him. Yeah. And he throws the ball, and my re- I literally yelled, No! <laughs> and then it was just, like, a really easy I thing. think that's just, I think that's a reaction from just, like, what you've seen the last few weeks. Because in, the, like, the last few years or, like, before week six or so, if he does that and scrambles and throws it, I'm like, oh, he found Lockett scrambling or he found, da- he found Dave Moore. And now it's like, oh, shit, he made another decision like that. And it's like, I don't know if he if he's forcing it now or what, but he looks really different than how he looked the first few weeks. And we talked about it last time a little bit when <clears throat> we were talking about, excuse me, Super Bowl contenders. And I said that I think Seattle can maybe win their division if Russ plays well and defense plays a little better. Mm-hmm. But they're... They're not good. They're not a good team if their quarterback plays like average or just below average, and they have the worst defense in the league. Like they're they're not even going to come third in their they'll come third in their division if that stays how it is. The good news for Seattle is that we have one more challenging game against Arizona next week yeah. in Seattle, which hopefully, and on a short week, is it the <clears throat> is it the Thursday nighter? Yeah. This this coming week, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. I honestly don't know if that's good or bad, because there's we have a lot of injury. We're like a very thin team at most positions to begin with, but there is a lot of banged up dudes. Well, as is for every NFL team, though. Have they played I, the Rams twice already, or just once? No, once. They played once, right? So yeah. I think th- this is the rest of our season. We play Arizona, then we have four games that have to be wins, or else we won't make the playoffs. Mm. Like if we lose one or two of those games, I think we don't make the playoffs. <clears throat> and then we play the Rams and the 49ers to end the season. Yeah, I think <coughs> you can, I think you can toss up the 49ers as a win just cuz it's all of their injuries. But um Yeah, it's Can you can Cardinals you help me? Cardinals Cardinals will be a good game. Like they I think they need to beat the Cardinals cuz the Cardinals already won the first the first game. Yeah. Um, Eagles, they should win. Giants, they should win. Jets, Washington. They have a very easy schedule. They can't drop those games. That, so that's they, what I mean. They need to, they really need to beat uh, Arizona this week. So even worst case scenario, yeah. if we lose next week, yeah. we should win four in a row. So that puts us at 10 and four. If you lose next week, you have to beat the Rams when you play mm-hmm. them next. But with the new playoff format, yeah. 10 and 6 in the NFC because of how bad <laughs> the NFC East is, likely could, could. likely make the, makes the playoffs. Yeah. Or we'd, I think 11 and 5 is the magic number too. I think 11 and 5 is, makes the playoffs. So they're 6 and 3 right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So, yeah, I actually, I actually don't see them losing three more games. Um, so I think they will get to eleven and five, but they, if they somehow, I could like I could realistically see them losing to the Cardinals, losing to the Rams, and like 
having a weird game against the 49ers or the Eagles where they lose, but Jets, Giants. The um, Eagles are so bad. They're so bad. They got, they get to look so bad against the Giants. <laughs> they were oh, oh my god. I was going through I was going through the schedules the other day and legitimately the Eagles might win the division at 10 5 and 1 or 5 10 and 1. Is that what's they the could lowest literally they they could honestly win that division win at 5 division. 10 and 1. <laughs> I remember the Seahawks won their division at 7 and Nine one year, mm-hmm. I think, and they like I can't remember exactly what the commentators said. This was maybe like ten years ago. I don't know. I can't remember. It might have been the year that we beat. It was two thousand ten. Was it, I think that might have been the year that we beat New Orleans in the playoffs. Twenty ten. Was that that year? Yeah, we won the wild card playoffs <clears throat> versus the Saints that year. That was the Marshawn Lynch run. Yeah, remember that one? Yeah, the whole my nuts. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Oh, uh, what can you answer this question for me? Why is the Seahawks defense so bad? Because let me give you some context. I look at the defense and I think, okay, our linebacking core is decent. Mm-hmm. Bobby Wagner, yeah. top five in the league. Yeah. KJ Wright, pretty good, makes a lot of plays. Yeah. And then right now starting we have uh, Jordan Brooks who is a rookie, who is like an athletic rookie, but he's a rookie, so he makes a lot of mm-hmm. mistakes. Our front four with Dunlap, I think, improved. Dunlap in his first two games has been very noticeable. Mm-hmm. I think he had two sacks his first game, one yesterday, but like at least puts some sort of pressure mm-hmm. on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Jaron Reed, I think, is decent as a tackle. Snacks is just an out-of-shape Balloon? He's not what he used to be at all. Snacks used to be a beast. Maybe he improves as he gets in better shape. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Just pl- yeah, plays his way back his first in shape. Game. Yeah. And he probably only played like 35% of the downs. I didn't even see him a lot out there. And then the other D end, I don't even know who that is. So he probably hasn't <laughs> had one pressure. I can. Uh, okay. Let me finish the defense. Yeah. And then you can talk about where are the big holes. Okay. I see Jamal Adams as a really good safety mm-hmm. at what he does. Maybe he's not so much of a good coverage safety, but he's a, lot a really to say on good blitzing safety. Yeah. Like extremely good blitzing yeah. safety. Uh, Quandre Diggs, I think, is pretty good. He doesn't get beat often, mm-hmm. and he's a coverage guy. He doesn't blitz much. Mm-hmm. Our corners are weak. Yeah. Shaquille Griffin, I think, is pretty good. And is by far our best quarter yep. corner, and he's been out the last three or four games. Yep. And I think is going to miss Thursday too. By the sounds of what they're saying on social right now, Trey Flowers is a liability. <laughs> and I had high hopes for Quentin Dunbar Did coming, in, coming into the year. Mm-hmm. I just like it sounded like the Seahawks were excited about him, and he has looked. Absolutely atrocious the last couple of weeks. Last week against the Bills, it was hilarious. Yeah. That they just kept going to him and he wasn't even, like, he was nowhere near. Yeah. He wasn't even, like, he wasn't, I don't know if he was injured. He was not even giving any sort of effort to stop a pass underneath 15 yards. Mm-hmm. He was just sitting at 20 yards and waiting for, I don't know, maybe he was injured. <laughs> Go ahead. So, 
The league has evolved into a passing league, basically. Yep. Unless you are Tennessee or Minnesota or a team with like an exceptional running back where you can just feed them for a bunch. So Seattle 100% struggles with getting pressure and their cornerbacks or their DBs. Jamal Adams was a very good signing, and he's one of the best blitzing safeties, but he's not a good cover safety. And he's kind of been like that his whole career, so it's a really good signing, but he's never been asked to do exactly what he has to do, and his, he, he, can't, he can't do like what he's best at because Seattle is so poor in pass coverage that he has to stay. The other thing is that... What if they played more nickel? They so, could, but Denny, I, I, I think I honestly think that you are almost. Uh, you're saying that Seattle's DBs aren't that bad. They're like extremely bad. So I think that well, I'm going guy by guy. As a group, they've been awful. Right? Yeah, As but I, I think that if it, if it, if a team has two receivers that are competent, mm-hmm. you can basically just put one of them on an island and throw to that guy the whole time. The Bill, Doug McDermott was so smart last week. He didn't even try to run the ball at all during against the Seahawks. He's, he just went from the shotgun and play action. He said, we're just going to beat you passing because there's no way you can stop us. And that's what they did. Seattle had absolutely no chance. And it, fucking, I hate it because it's just, it's so hard to watch. And then there's more stuff we can get into. With <clears throat> well, Pete the funny Carroll part about that game, and, Mike, though, is if... Russell Wilson doesn't throw two shitty picks. We have a legitimate chance to win a game that we suck at. I know. They scored 35 points with four turnovers. I know. Talk more about the defense. I want to hear more. So I I agree that our our defensive backs as a unit are bad. Yeah. Individually. I think Quandre Diggs is decent. Do you think individually there's talent? I think Diggs is talented. I think Shaq Griffin is talented. Yeah. I think, well, he hasn't played in a while, though. I think, um, I don't, I haven't seen Adams cover well, but I guess that's not really his job. What if they play more nickel? I'm asking, I'm asking how, how is this fixed? Like if they play more nickel and they have four DBs that, so Neil Ryan Neal is like our nickel guy, yeah. who is decent. He's not a good like a Pro Bowl player. Well, I think you should try something else because what they're doing now is not working. So, how much of the defensive struggles is personnel versus scheme? Um, a lot. Of, I think if you have. Good personnel, it helps a lot, but scheme is also super important. I would say personnel, 75, scheme, 25. They play a lot of zone. They do. Which is not working. No. Is that just to cover up how I think poor it, the individual Usually are? it's to cover up how bad your individual coverage is in man coverage. I honestly don't know enough about what defensive schemes they run per snap, like zone versus man. Um, I could find that out. but It seems like it's 75-25. Yeah, I just... 
it's just annoying week after week. Like you can't, you, you can't get any worse, I feel like. So you should try something different. Um, Statistically, you literally cannot get yeah, any worse. They are on, I think I sent it to you. They're on pace to not only break the passing yards per game record ever, but to beat it by a thousand. That's how bad their passing defense has been. <laughs> um, but I also think that and this won't this won't be shown unless you look highly at advanced analytics and stuff. But one of the things Pete Carroll and the team could do to keep their defense off the field is to let them go for it more on fourth down and keep the time of possession and possessions for the other team lower. And the biggest point of that was the fourth and one on like I think it was the forty-five. Um, it was fourth and. An inch. Fourth and an inch on just on Seattle's side of the field. Yeah. And they were already down by a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like to me, if you punt to the Rams the way your defense is, they're probably going to score a field goal or a touchdown with with a good with a good offense. So it, it makes no sense to me to just delay the inevitable when your best player and teams don't do this enough just put the ball in your best player's hands it's fourth and inches you don't think Russ can scramble or find someone or a QB sneak can get fourth and an inch and then you'll, you're taking the ball away from the other team for five six more minutes that's five six minutes that your defense doesn't have to be on <clears throat> and it drives me nuts and that's why I give him so much I give Pete Carroll so much crap because he's just stuck in the past and he said that in his press conference and it pissed me off he said we can't afford to give teams a short field. You can't afford to give the ball back to them at all. It doesn't matter if they score for a 40-yard touchdown or an 80-yard touchdown. They're going to score anyways. You might as well try and score yourself. So it's just like little things Especially like that. Especially when you're already down. You're already down. If you're up 14-7, maybe his analogy is a slightly more acceptable, slightly. Michael. Yeah. But, but being down, I think it was 13-7 at the time. Being down 13-7 and kicking the ball back and basically with how the defense had performed in the first quarter and a half at that point. But the best, the they're, best way they're to... giving up points. The best way to make your defense better is to keep your offense on the field. I agree. So if, if they don't want to change scheme and they don't want to change personnel, they have to change the amount of possessions that the other team gets. How do you force teams to run the ball? How? Uh, you play a little bit softer coverage and you don't blitz as much. But softer coverage is what they're playing, and we're giving up 8 or 12 yards on every pass play. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably more of a scheme thing, but I think Seattle would be better off like dropping more people into coverage and just letting teams run a little bit more and bleed the clock that way. And just not give up chunk play after chunk play. Yeah. Hmm. It's head scratching, man. He's so good. The defense is so bad. Who's that? Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Um how much of a so I, I should probably should have checked. I'm usually better at this stuff, but is Chris Carson a good uh, like 
run blocker in terms of protection of Russ? Is I he good so. at picking up the blitz or yeah. rushers? I think Penny's probably better. Because one of the reasons Russ might be getting hit so much the last couple of weeks and turning mm-hmm. it over more is because he doesn't have someone. He's playing he with string, third and fourth string guys. Dude, we're that, on string six, man. You're on string. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because Penny's. Penny's Carson. Through. Penny. Yeah. Hyde. Yeah. Homer. Uh, then we picked up someone else. Alex Collins. No. Uh, DJ oh, Dallas then, is the oh, one. Oh, DJ Dallas yeah. and then Collins. Yeah. Um, Six, yeah. six or seven. So I, I actually think there is some legitimacy to, uh, like, blocking running backs who are very good at what they do. Yeah, Um, and that might be a reason he's getting hit more and pressured more and whatnot because they don't. He doesn't have that safety blanket of knowing Carson's going to pick up that guy that's that's blitzing. And you should like it's that's an extremely hard thing to do if you're like a third, fourth, fifth string guy that's just coming in. Um, so it is asking a lot of them, but I would be interested to see, I, I can look it up or just watch a little bit more on how Carson is when they do, when Russ tries to drop back and see if he's a good, uh, a good blocker. But that is definitely a reason I think, uh, he's turning it over more. Well, even if you just look at the first few games of the year when Carson was playing, yeah, I like I can't answer that question super specifically, but yeah. he's much better than what is happening now. No, I agree. And you look at Russell Wilson's time in the pocket, let's say game one, two, three, four versus yeah. the last three games, it's drastically different. Yeah. Um, and after he blocks too, he's a good release option. So he's right? a good release option, he's a good pass catcher, but one of the biggest things of having just Chris Carson in there as opposed to DJ Dallas or Travis Homer or even Alex Collins is that defenses like they don't respect that Seattle's going to give the ball to someone like Carson so they can drop someone back in coverage or they can blitz and whatever they decide to do it's still going to be beneficial to them because they don't have to worry about Carson breaking a long run mm-hmm. and they don't have to worry about uh like DJ Dallas who's a little bit smaller mm-hmm. like picking up the blitz because like one of the biggest things that uh even if you're a Rodgers or Mahomes or Wilson thing to do is to get pressure quickly on a quarterback, changes their numbers completely. And it makes it like right off the snap, if there's pressure immediately, it doesn't matter how good you are, you're not going to make a good decision. Or it's going to be very, very hard for you to get past your first read. So I think I think I think Carson being out is is a big thing, not so much in the run game, but possibly protection. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's back this week. It's been he, weird. They, they, for next they've week. been, they've been, he's been like a game time decision a couple weeks in a row and they just keep uh, saying he's out. So I think it's maybe it was a little bit more serious than they thought it was. Yeah. What? <clears throat> so my number one concern is the offensive play calling. Yeah. My number two concern after the last few weeks is defensive scheming, mm-hmm. I guess would be defensive play calling. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about the defense. Everyone knows we have the worst defense in the league. What is happening with the offense the last few weeks? You comment on the running back protection, and mm-hmm. I think that's a really, really good point. Mm-hmm. Is that like a key factor in why... They went from like in the first five games. How many turnovers did they have? Oh. Like so two. I can tell you. I can tell three. you. La- last week specifically against the Rams, 
the Rams match up the best against the Seahawks by far because they have the best coverage guy and the best rusher in the league. So I, I watched that matchup specifically because Ramsey was shadowing Metcalf, and Ramsey is probably the only DB in the league that has Metcalf's size and speed. Plus, you have Aaron Donald, who can beat anyone, regardless of if you double-team him. Yeah. Um, so Russ is forced to basically... I, don't, I think Metcalf had zero catches in the first half, and he had like two catches for 20 yards in the second half. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't see Seattle beating the Rams just because of how well they match up together because the Rams pass the ball really well, and they also defend the pass really well. Um, so I, I kind of throw this week out for his... His decision-making was still crappy, but... That's fine. Against the Bills, the Bills are not that good of a pass coverage team. And I think Seattle still put up a bunch of yards and a bunch of points. Yeah. But it's still the turnovers still concern me because he's making decisions that you just don't see from him very often. And I can't tell you if he's – you were a former quarterback. I can't tell you if he's seeing the field different or he's just like not playing as well as he was. But he like visually looks a little different with his decision-making because whenever he throws the ball – I expect it to be a completion. His completion percentage is usually top in the league. His touchdown uh, percentage is very high. And then his interception or turnover ratio is super low. And it's been the opposite the last few weeks. So I don't really know what he's seeing or what's happening. He's the only one. But Pete, Pete Carroll called him out this week. Did he really? Did he say he's turning it over too much? Yeah. He, he said... Uh, he said he's not exactly. He basically said exactly what you just said. He's yeah. like, I'm not exactly sure what um, he's seeing on the field, but his decision making has to get better. Yeah, he and went he's like, from. This is unique for Russ. We, you know, you guys have watched him just like he, this is yeah. Pete Carroll talking. You guys have watched him just as much as me in the last eight years, and this is one of his strengths. And the last few weeks have been a bit confusing. I think uh, he he definitely went from. A definitive, like everyone would vote for him for MVP after the first six weeks or five weeks to probably fourth or fifth now. I think he has zero chance of winning. The I, think, I think I think if he goes like how many how many games do they have left? Six. There's six and three, so they have seven, seven games, games left. left. Yeah. If he goes something like twenty five touchdowns, two interceptions, <laughs> or something absurd, and goes perfect the rest of the season in terms of wins and that, like his first I think five. I think <laughs> I think he'll win it. But he's basically taking himself out of the race. And just like his turnover numbers, the most in the league is just astounding. It's so strange, man. Yeah. And it's not like if it's been some unlucky picks, like his first pick in the he was like 17 touchdowns, zero picks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then, and then he had that weird one to Greg Olson that he hit Greg Olson literally yeah. in the chest and it just popped up. And so, like, those kind of things, you just, whatever, they but are there. Th- there's been a couple, like, the last few weeks wh- where it's just had no chance but to be picked. Like, Shocking. It's right there. Mm-hmm. Shocking. It's, yeah. It's just, like, I don't know. I, I have no idea what to tell you. <laughs> Do you think DK Metcalf is going to keep struggling against, like, these top CB guys? Uh, yeah, because his route running is not <laughs> as elite. And if he has a DB that has size and speed as well, I don't think he can beat him. By church, like just pure athleticism. By, yeah, he. I think he. His biggest skill is by far his athleticism. Oh yeah, he's faster, stronger, 
and she can just get behind guys. Do you see, do you see the play? There's a play the other week where uh, I think Russ threw him a click slant and it went off Metcalf's hands and the, and the safety or the DB came over to hit him and Metcalf was like standing there and the, 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 the safety tried to smash him coming across the field and he bounced off Metcalf and fell over. And Metcalf just looked at him like, <laughs> what are you trying to do? So yeah, his, his, his size and speed is always going to be a big thing. He still needs to develop a little bit better uh, route running tree. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what his uh, combine said coming out of college. Um, but he's been better than I thought he was going to be so far. But I think he gets, if he wants to be like the next big guy, he needs to not be shut down completely in big games. Can he I was challenge a, you was, slightly on that? Yeah. So in the first half, he had one target. Mm-hmm. There was multiple times where the camera, or maybe in the replays, like it showed uh, him and Ramsey, and there was probably a handful of times where he had clearly he had broken separation. away, mm-hmm. and Russ was not even looking at him. Yeah. So I agree with a lot of what you said. I think he's still young, and I think he's going to get better. I agree. But at the same time, a guy that is that physically gifted, yeah. regardless of whether he's in one-on-one coverage with the best corner in the league, you have to just throw the ball to him to let him try to make a play. Yeah, so I, I agree with you, but that's why I think the Rams are the team to beat the Seahawks is because Aaron Donald gets pressure so fast. So sure. Russ, Russ probably doesn't have enough time to see that Lockett's covered and to look Metcalf's way on those, yeah. those plays that he is open because there's someone in his face right away. And Metcalf doesn't run underneath routes. He runs... Like yeah, he has a lot of air yards when he when he gets passes his way. So I just I don't like the matchup when Russ gets pressure immediately and Ramsey can definitely cover Metcalf for like three se- couple se- seconds, a couple yeah. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think it's gonna be a problem next week against the Cardinals with Patrick Patterson? Um, I think because that was the game. That was Metcalf the game. had like two exactly. catches and, and Lockett. Did Lockett, everything. Lockett yeah. had two hundred and three. Yeah. Uh, Peterson is another guy that is physically gifted like Metcalf. And oh, oh, that's the receiver's fault for sure. I love when big men run. It's so fun. <laughs> it's so awkward. Because they don't ever get to touch the ball. They're so happy when it comes to them. Um, and then as soon as they come off the field with their buddies, they the first thing they say is, did you see how fast I was? Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Um, I would be, sh- I would be shocked if Metcalf had like the same kind of, uh, not relevant game a couple weeks in a row or two yeah. weeks out of three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still expect Lockett to be their guy to go to against Arizona just cause he, he fits, uh, better against the type of coverage that Arizona runs. I think that's enough about this week. We've, we're over it. We got a short week. We got a game in two and a half days. I have a, I have a question for you. Yep. So this this seems like a pretty open kind of Super Bowl, aside from the fact that Kansas City's playing really well again. If you were to rank like teams one through five, who you thought had a chance to win, where would you go now that? Because you had the Seahawks kind of two before, back when they were playing really well behind Kansas City, right? I I thought they were top four. Yeah. 
So let's talk about NFC and AFC because one of my things to chat with you about is uh, like how literally no one wants to win the NFC right now. Okay, like you no want one, where you want to start? Like you no want to start AFC trying. or NFC? Let's start in the NFC. Okay, it's, it's more relevant. To okay. My comment is literally everyone has stopped trying in the NFC. <laughs> the good teams are playing extremely mediocre, mm-hmm. and the bad teams are com- are fucking terrible. Yeah, they are. They truly are. There's one division that is probably wouldn't compete. That's my, against the top that's twenty-five teams in the fucking college Dude, football. They're so bad. They're so bad. And and watching those games. It's just like everything is so sloppy. Yeah. I feel like everyone is just trying to get the first pick in the draft in that yeah. division right now. Yeah. Um, so I look at the top, let's say, six or seven teams in the NFC. That is New Orleans. Yeah. Big injury, unfortunately for them. Did you see a couple cracked ribs, punctured lung? Punctured lung? How long is that going to be out? Six weeks? It'll be a while. Or longer. So they have... They have to decide if they want to play Taysom Hill or James Winston. Oh, man. Taysom Hill's the guy they bring in for like the weird wildcat plays. Probably James Winston. They'll probably play Winston and bring Hill in a little bit more. So Saints, Bucks, Rams. Saints. Packers, Seahawks, maybe, and Cardinals. Yeah. So that's six teams. And it seems like the only team that's trying right now is the Cardinals to me. <laughs> like Green Bay had two really shitty losses that yeah. didn't look like garbage. And yeah. they squeaked out one this week against uh, the Panthers. Yeah, Who did they play? Jaguars. 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 Jesus. So yeah. I, I don't I don't honestly don't know how to answer that. I honestly question. I think the Okay, let me comment first. Yeah. I think that despite everything that I believe in my nature and everything that I've seen in the last 20 years of watching NFL, yep. that the Bucks might be the best team in the NFC today. Number I'm right there with you. And they're not that good. That's the problem. They have, the they NFC have, is always issues. the strong division, mm-hmm. right? Or the conference. Yep. It's always like... They have issues, but it's if, always the if, AFC has two or three good teams, and the NFC has six or seven. The Bucks, top to bottom, have the most talent of any team in the league, offensively and defensively. Uh, Except they have a shitty quarterback. They have if a they quarter, had a good quarterback. They have an, they have an average quarterback. Yeah, I, I, Aver- average is the right word. Yeah, they, but they have talent on defense. They have unbelievably good weapons on offense for Brady. Agree. Like. I'm pretty sure that he he did his homework on who he wanted to land with to give him a chance, and he was smart to go to Tampa Bay. Um, but I think the Bucks are better than the Saints, especially with Breeze out. With Breeze out, are they irrelevant? Uh, Breeze hasn't been that good this year. I think he's declined a but lot, still. but he's still he's still very good. Yeah. It's definitely a downgrade to go to Winston. Um, but I think. Like I think like, I think that for me it goes Tampa Bay and then the Rams for who I think will uh, be the teams to beat in the funny, NFC. Didn't, didn't the Rams start like two and four? Or yeah, yeah, they didn't start well, but they have. They're just if Jared Goof can play, <laughs> can play like <laughs> mediocre or decent like he did when they went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago, 
they have so much talent defensively that can make up for his issues yeah. um, that they can they can make a big statement again, especially when there's not really a team in the NFC that is like that that good. What are the Cardinals? How do you like how do you like them? I like the Cardinals. I think they're like a slightly better version of the Seahawks in terms of having a really efficient offense, and they do they have better pieces defensively. Mm-hmm. They have a better pass rush. They have a couple coverage guys that are good. They still give up a shitload of points, but the Cards have beat a lot of good teams. They should have lost last week, though. Yeah, they should have. They beat the they beat the 49ers when the 49ers were healthy, and then they lost to the Lions, and they lost to the Panthers. Mm. And then they beat the Cowboys when the Cowboys were healthy. They beat the Seahawks, and they beat the Bills. And then they could have beat the Dolphins, and they lost to the Dolphins. So, like... Even Arizona is kind of like this whole this whole conference is just a disaster. I've, Everyone keeps losing to weird teams. Like Tampa was, Bay, Tampa Bay got or Tampa Bay destroyed Green Bay when they played Green Bay, and then got and then got by the Saints. Yeah, I've I was thinking about this yesterday or maybe this morning. I've never seen the NFL this strange. I know. That's Usually, why there's three teams. I think it's a pretty smart thing to say that the Chiefs are like heavy favorites to win again. Healthy. Healthy Chiefs. That's the problem with the NFL though. Like one, one literally in, one, one injury. injury. Yeah. Whether it's your totally. pass rush guy or like, you know, a Ramsey, like yeah. the best corner corner or whatever. Yeah. It's crazy. It's how I mean the injury rate's hundred percent, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Eventually. Um you want to talk contenders on the other side, AFC? Because there's some good teams. So you, if you were to pick, let's say today the end, the season ended, yeah, and the playoffs started, you think that the Bucks and the Rams are going to meet in the NFC Championship? I do, and I I would feel pretty confident in that. Hmm. Can't argue. Um, I think the other. Team, I think everyone in the NFC sucks. Yeah, um, I think you can look at every team in the NFC. Aside from the Rams and the Bucks, and say they have some issues on one side or another or somewhere, and I think the Bucks kind of tick off more boxes. The Rams and Bucks tick off more boxes everywhere. Hmm. Rams have a good. The Rams have a good offensive. Goff is average. They have a great offensive. Goff is like actually playing well. They have the best defense in the league, and then the Bucks have a good offense and a good defense. How much value do you put on a punter? Not that much, but I mean, so I think the, I think the if, best in the league. Man. I, 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 Johnny Hager, <laughs> no, Michael Dixon. Oh, Michael Dixon. Johnny Hager plays for the Rams. Oh. Hager's unreal. Um, but I, I think I think if you have a good punter that can like pin someone back deep He's on so like the pooch that. kicks and stuff, um, that's super important. But. It doesn't fucking matter for the Seahawks when if you totally if yeah. you if you if the other if, team starts to drive on the you, three yeah, or the, the twenty yeah they're, they're still, still scoring a touchdown yeah they're so getting points kick it shorter to get the offense yeah, back yeah exactly I'd almost rather them start on the twenty yeah. so our defense looks better because <laughs> we're only giving up eighty yards instead yeah. of ninety seven <laughs> then we might have a fucking chance of not being the worst yeah. defense of all time maybe our punter is too good we need to get rid of our punter give up less yards on defense yeah. Uh, okay, AFC. AFC. A yeah. couple good teams. 
So oh, we're oh, gonna, are the are the Pittsburgh Steelers as good as their record? No, they are not. They, they are good. They are good, so but they are beaten, not a perfect team. They've beaten the Bills and the Ravens. They beat the they Bills and the Ravens. Ravens. Uh, they beat someone else that was decent, but their strength of schedule hasn't been that good. But if they have three. I think the Steelers have one of the best schedules in the league this year. Yeah, they beat the Titans, they beat the Ravens, and that's it. They beat the Bengals, oh, they, they beat the Browns, they beat the Eagles, they beat the Texans, then the Broncos and the Giants. And a few of those are pretty close games, eh? Just like a Like a points. very close games. And then they have the Jags. Week 12, I think they might lose to the Ravens. They'll beat Washington, they'll beat the Bengals again. The Ravens are not that good. No, they're, I don't think the Ravens are as good as they were last year. No receivers, man. No receivers. And I think Lamar had a little, Lamar's good, but he had like an outlier year last yeah. year. He's yeah. never going to have a year that good again. Who'd they play against last night? Um, New England. New England, that's New right. England. And then New England's just dog. riding on each and other. New England's was, terrible too, and they <laughs> weren't even in the game at all. That was a weird, that was a weird weather game too. Game. Yeah. It was super strange. But, <laughs> no one, literally, no one caught the ball. No one, no, it was crazy. I've caught balls in the rain before. It's not that. It's hard. It's not that hard. Like it's going through your hands completely. <laughs> Man, it was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think is going on with the Steelers right now? Do you think it's their defense that's helping them out a lot? They 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 create a, they create a lot of turnovers, especially at home. Yeah. And then, um, like Ben hasn't been as good as as good as previous years, but he has a lot of good weapons as well. Like they have three like wide receiver. Juju, one, Chase Claypool. Juju, Claypool, and Deontay Johnson are so, so, so good. James Conner's coming back James Conner is good, but like Ben is just like game managing, not turning the ball over, and then he has a above average defense. So. You're just playing smart. State, they're, just, right? they're just playing, they just know what they're good at and they can do it. It's 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 easier when you have three guys that you can throw to that all get separation and then you have good pass rusher in TJ Watt and you have a couple good safeties. So are they the second best team in the league? <sighs> Fuck. I think I think them and the Bucks are probably pretty close. If I had to, if I had to put money on a one game, you think game, the Bucks that have lost against shitty teams are better than someone who has beat every shitty team and beat two good teams? <laughs> the thing is that Steelers core has been together for so long. I know. I would probably say the Steelers are a little bit better. Yeah. Um. But I think the Bucks are better than the Ravens. I think it's just the Bucks on paper. It looks so good. I know. It's and like. I know you. I know you. You you hate Brady with a passion, right? Mm. I am very open minded. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I think Brady's a piece of shit. So I, at the I, same time, I am more open minded today yeah. than I've been in the last fifteen years because I understand that the Seahawks are not that good. Yeah. So I feel like I've always been. I've never been like, oh, he has the most rings. He's the best player ever. Yeah, I think, uh, so. I think that's correct. Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Tom Brady ever has been in his life. But Tom Brady, like when he has to win a game, he wins games. And I could see him just like with the weapons he has and his defense balling out a few games, like they could definitely get to a Super Bowl and then anything can happen in a Super Bowl. And then if he wins a Super Bowl after leaving 
the Patriots. I think that does so many things to his career, especially to the people that say that it was all Belichick that made him who he was. If they win the Super Bowl, I'm going to say this right now, and I will hold myself to it. I'm never watching a second of football ever again for the rest of my life. Because I know, I know 100%. I believe firmly right now that there's a 75% chance, let's say 50, 50 to 75% chance that the NFL is rigged. I'm, okay, I'm totally okay admitting that. If Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl this year, I am 100% convinced, and I will be for the rest of my life, that is 100% bullshit. <laughs> if the Seahawks win, it is not rigged? No, because everyone <laughs> fucking hates us. <laughs> The NF- you have to admit the NFC West gets zero respect. Yeah. Even though it's, I think the, it's best the best division, I think in the it's league the best division in the league for a decade. Yeah. Maybe more. Like, come on, man. When like for let's say five or six years, there was like a crazy rivalry of the Seahawks and Niners, and they were both like top five teams in the league, and then the Rams got good the last five years. <clears throat> Man, Chase Clay, Claypool is leading the Steelers in touchdowns, right? Uh, undefeated team, and he's from Abbotsford. So yeah, yeah, he's pretty awesome. It's pretty sweet. Who um, gives a shit? <laughs> it's all fucking rigged. They're like, ah, we better put this Canadian kid on TV. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I wrote down a few more things. Oh, one thing I wrote down was, after the past four weeks, I not only think that Russ does not win the MVP, I don't think he gets a fucking vote. He won't get a vote if he doesn't like ball out the last few yeah. games. He won't get a vote. Um, uh, how bad is the NFC East? We covered that. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine a team winning a division at 5-10-1? <laughs> Jesus at that point, does the NFL just be like, I'm really sorry, we're going to change there's, the There's got to be a clause rules. in there that says if you don't get past five <laughs> wins, the playoff spot goes to a more deserving team. <laughs> like the other team. Like, even the Niners could be could be seven and nine. Yeah. As the last place team in our division. Um Okay, I wanted to ask you about this. Do you watch you watch Barstool Sports? Do you what are they? Are uh, they a media platform? In, are they independent they have every they're their hands and everything. They're a gam- gambling platform? No, they're not gambling. They're not I'd say they're they're an independent news company. They're like what? They're like Bleacher Report. Digital media company. So they don't have a gambling, like a sports gambling platform. They do. They just created one. It's called Barstool Betting or something like that. They have their hands in everything now. And they got, they, they, Portnoy and Barstool got acquired by someone else for like a crazy amount of money like last year, a few months ago, I think. Um, But they're like the biggest, they have podcasts about everything and everything, anything and everything. And they appeal to like, they just are very smart with social media and they appeal to like so many different demographics mm. and they, they like don't, they just don't give a shit what they say because they're independent and people like that. 
hundred percent. So it's just un, un, essentially unfiltered. It's unfiltered sports. Yeah. yeah, the exact opposite of what you get during the game. Exactly. Right? It's a bunch. It's like a. It's like a bunch of grown up dudes who never left college who just like gambling and drinking and putting out content that's fun, mm-hmm. where you don't get to see it from other news outlets. It's like, it's just like. Yeah, yeah. It's just I just like the, the fact that it's not filtered and they're just like shooting the shit like we are. Do they post full games of like recording themselves? Uh, the I game? don't think so. It's always clipped up. Yeah. Um, but they get together every Sunday. Yeah. Sit, drink beer, eat pizza. Yeah, and get and paid watch to do it. Games can make money and make a lot of money. <laughs> I think part of my take has been like one of the top five or ten podcasts for a very long time. And they get, like, the most exclusive guests, and they just, like, talk to people in, like, a bro way that they wouldn't get, like, those guests wouldn't talk normally, and they get them to, like, open up and talk like actual human beings as opposed to, like, robots. What's their broadcast called? Pardon My Take. Mm. That's one of their, like, Is that the- different hundred podcasts that they own. Is that the one that Dion is on? No, that's uh, the one with um, Big Cat and, uh, oh my God, can't even remember the name of the other guy. They have so many shows. They have so, so many shows. Spitting Chicklets. They have the hockey one, they have the football one, one. they have, (laughs) but like part of my take isn't even a football one. They talk about football and then they talk about whatever else they want to talk about for the week. Um, and then bring in like a super cool guest that you want to hear talk and then just ask them like random questions. It's pretty fun. They do a lot of stuff for girls too. They have a lot of stuff for girls. Very niche market. Yeah. They have like a Chicks in the Office podcast that appeals to women. Call her daddy. Yeah. Yeah. They're huge. Hmm. You see my pizza review yesterday? I did. That was awesome. What did you think? It was good. How How was the pizza you think? Were you happy? It would have been in the eights. Yeah. It was a really good pizza, but the crust was undercooked, so it was slightly doughy. Yeah. But it was still very good. Excellent. I'll definitely order there again. I'll just ask them to cook what the pizza. <laughs> Bocce Ristorante, a taste of Italy. <laughs> Are you going to keep doing more of these? Someone asked me to do it. I told Is that uh, where you went with Marco? Or was that? No, AJ's. AJ's is dynamite. Yeah. Dave fucking needs to come to AJ's. (laughs) Um, I texted Marco yesterday and asked. He is on a note on his phone that has probably like 60, 70, 80 (laughs) pizza. He just has name, number, name, number, name, number. Like a rating? Rating, yeah. (laughs) And so I texted him and I was like, I feel like ordering pizza. Where should I go? Or where should I order from? And he immediately responds with like five or six places. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I'm going to try bocce. And uh, it was excellent. And he, t- he told me he wanted me to send him a video review. <laughs> so immediately I just think of Dave. I'm like, oh, I'll just do one like Dave and <laughs> post it and see what happens. Oh, um, I had something that I wanted to bring up. Just because I have to bring up at least one stat. Okay. Seattle every week that I'm on here. Then we're getting to the Masters. So this is a... It's a much more positive, optimistic outlook. This is a graph of how often teams are punished by punting on fourth down when they shouldn't. Just so you know, I agree with going for it on fourth down 
in a lot of cases, including if I was the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks on fourth and inches this week in the middle of the second quarter, yeah. I think the percentage of going for that play in that specific situation should be 100. It it, it comes up, uh, there's a like an index percentage on Twitter you can follow that shows you like a cowardly punch percentage based on the score and your chance to make on it based on your offense. And there's been a few times this year where Seattle has been in the 99th percentile of cowardly punts yeah, and that one ranked as one price. of them. It's just like, and I just, and if Carroll gave me a reason like that was better than we can't afford to give them uh, a short field and he came up with something, I was like, you know what, that's a good point. But being down in a game where you know you have to score points against that team to be competitive and you just are just fucking, it's so angry. I get are so you, angry. Are you surprised that the Seattle Seahawks only gave up 23 points? <laughs> Um, was that our lowest output of the year? Or like, oh, by far. I think yeah. by far. No, 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 sorry. What what we gave up. I yeah, know 13. It was. I know 13 um, was. 23 might have been. I think so. Uh-oh. So is that a step in the right direction, Mike? Uh-oh. <laughs> See you later. He's gone. Man, how many turnovers in this game and there's only 13 points until right now? It's like five turnovers. Seems that's, like that's great for my Chicago bet. <laughs> <laughs> what was the over under tonight? Forty two, I think. Oh, <laughs> looking great. It closed at forty four. Did you bet tonight? I bet on the Bears. Plus three. Uh, really? I think they ended up at plus one. Plus one. When you make a bet online, let's say on a. Wednesday, yeah, and the line is minus three, and it changes to minus one. Yeah, I'll I'll get additional action on the game if I think the line's moved enough. But is your is your bet at the time of when you bet? Yeah, like I, I'll put in at? a bet at minus three and a half, and then I'll place another bet at oh. minus one. Yeah, okay. So that's that's like what gambling sites do when there's too much money on a certain team and then the line moves to what they think is appropriate to like balance it out more. Okay. The uh I was watching one of the Barstool things this morning and they what game were they going after? Oh the Philly I think the Giants. Oh, the Philly Giants game maybe. And they're <laughs> they're just saying how disrespectful it was that the Giants were not favored at home or something against Philly. Were they favored or no? Uh, I don't I think, th- I don't think so. They were, I think they, they were plus three. I couldn't see them being favored in any game, but they had a better record, I think, going into the game. Who the Giants? The Giants? No, the Giants already had seven, they were two and seven, and Philly was three, five, and one. Okay, um, Philly was a five point favorite, which is still too much, and they're gonna win the division with five wins. They're three, ten, and one. If so, you think the I think they're gonna end up at five, ten, and one and win the division. <laughs> got two more wins in them, yeah. <laughs> so, that, oh my god, can I come back on the pod if by some chance the Seahawks lose to the Eagles two weeks from now, dude? You can come back any Monday that you want because I, I, I might see you explode if they lose <laughs> to the Eagles. 
At this point in the season, I'm not surprised by anything. The last four weeks have been really, really rough. Yeah. If we lost a game to the Bills or the Rams by three, and it was like a 37-34 game, Mm -hmm. and we didn't turn the ball over, and... You know, someone made a couple of good plays at the end of the game and we lost. I wouldn't be that upset. Yeah. Or I wouldn't be this pessimistic. My comment was the best players in their sport of all time Mm -hmm. don't have streaks this long. Of? Shittiness. Crappiness? So Russ has had four games in a row. He started the season out of his mind, right? Yeah. Six games or whatever it was, five or six in a row. Mm Mm-hmm. Lights out. His stats were by far better than anyone else in the league. He was on track or ahead of the most touchdowns thrown in a season. Yeah. yeah. The last four have all been like Trubitsky or like one of those shitty quarterbacks. Yeah. And my comment to Carl was, oh, Jesus, <laughs> uh, was like the best players of all time. They don't have those? Kobe Bryant or... MJ or whoever yeah. has like a seven or nine point game where they go two for 22 and then the next game they go like 17 for 20 and have 50. Yeah. Um, I'm a big believer in like stats normalizing themselves. So like Russ started off crazy hot and I think it was unrealistic to think that that would continue for the whole year. So I think he was due for like a couple turnovers and his touchdown percentage to come down a little bit, but it's, Kind of concerning that it's dropped like that much so fast. My thing is just the four games in a row. Yeah. If it's one, if it's two, even just like four in a row this is a little concerning. The last couple of weeks has been more optimistic. Yeah. yeah. But having four in a row is very strange. Mm-hmm. This has got to be by far the worst stretch of his career, right? Oh, it has to be. Like in terms of touchdown interception <laughs> yeah. ratio. Uh, yeah, I can't see it. He's that one. Yeah. He ends seasons with nine interceptions. Yeah. He's at nine in five, four or five weeks? Five weeks? This is a really exciting game. <laughs> oh, oh! Baby! There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Turnover central. That's at least four, maybe five. He didn't even. We've f- seen four. We've seen a lot of turnovers. Oh man, <laughs> that's got to be the most frustrating thing in the world as a coach. Get a three and out. Yeah. And get the oh, ball back. That's tough. <laughs> I think that wasn't even close to a catch. It didn't even hit his hands. Oh man, that was a good recovery though. Sometimes these balls on the ground for like four or five oh, guys man. trying to pick it up. <laughs> We had one of those this week, I think. Was it this week or last week? That was funny. Uh, Dwayne Brown tried to pick it up. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Big boys. And he probably had like a full two seconds. And he like picked it up and like bobbled it. <laughs> and then like tried to fall over and bobble it. And he like tried to squeeze it and just popped out. And Oh, that's a heck of a good play there. <sighs> All right. I'm going to pee and then we're going to talk about the Masters. Perfect. This football shit is depressing. (laughs) 
Do you think there's really no way that they improve this year? The Seahawks? Yeah. I think they're going to be in between what they were the first weeks and these weeks. But I think I, I can only see them losing two more games. So at least they'll, they'll have a chance in the playoffs. Do you think the pieces are the pieces that bad on defense that this like you don't think they can improve? I think that teams just know that they can go into the game throwing and they'll just design around that. So it's, I think every game they play is just going to be a shootout. It doesn't work in the playoffs. You need to be good at at least one thing at defense. <laughs> like the Chiefs, the Chiefs are the Chiefs aren't. Uh, I can't remember what they're. Last year they were like worst in the league at either pass or rush, but they're also the best at one or the other. So you have to be really you, to, you can be bad, really bad at something, but you have to be good at something else to make up for it. I think the Seahawks are very not good at. Lots of things on defense. <laughs> and it's tough to see after they went from like the best defense ever to that. I think we Do you imagine this offense with the 2013 defense or whatever year it was when they had everyone that was unbelievable? It's 2013. That's when they won the Super Bowl. Earl, Sherman, Wagner. Who, I can't remember who the D linemen were. Me neither. But you have that but many guys good in coverage. is unbelievable. <laughs> who is our other corner? Cam Chancellor. Cam no. Chancellor. No, he is a safety, though. Cam is so scary. He was so good. It was Cam and Earl. Yeah. And then Richard Sherman. And uh, who was it? I can't. Maxwell was later, I think. Yeah. I can't remember who, who. Brandon Browner? No. Yeah, he was there around he, that time. 10, 11, 12, thir maybe 13. Walter Thurmond? Um, around that time. Remember <clears throat> Marcus Truvant, too? That guy was a baller. He was good. Maybe not as good as Sherman. No, but having a guy like Sherman is like having a guy like Ramsey where you just kind of take away the best offensive weapon you have. Yeah. And then your safeties are so quick and so fast that they can help out the other corners. Does the physicality make them good? Like what makes them much better than like a decent co corner? Um, the best quality that a DB can have is like knowing different routes. They basically mirror the receiver in terms of route running and they kind of know what they're going to do before they do it. They're, they're super smart and they watch a lot of film. Um, but then they also have to have really good feet in terms of like matching what the receiver's doing with a combination of like speed and skill and intelligence. Mm. But Jalen Ramsey is like the best route running corner I've ever seen, probably. It's unbelievable. He'd probably put a receiver if he wanted to. He's that good, eh? He's so, so good. And he's big and he's strong. The Seahawks tried to get him. He went to the Rams and said, do you think he chose the Rams based on climate <laughs> of living? Maybe. I think Because at the time, the Rams were not good. I think he it was also- like two or three years ago? Yeah, no, they were just like, they were just starting to be good. I think it was a good decision because they, they already had Aaron Donald. Did he win the Super Bowl? 
No, they never won. They never they won. Lost. They lost uh, to the Pats. Two years ago? Three? Three years ago, Three I years think. Ago? No, two years ago. Two years ago. Okay. <clears throat> hmm. But if he was on the Seahawks... Make a huge difference. <laughs> if was him and Shaq as corners... Yeah, that's fine. <clears throat> Man, it's so frustrating. The NFL is... Carl, why does it affect my life so much? Because it's there's so many levels to it. It's so, <laughs> it's so entertaining, dude. You just get pulled in. And it's extremely unpredictable. Yeah. Especially this year. No kidding. Is this year like I think you, it's the most I think it's, for a long time. Yeah, I think it's the most wide open it's been for a while after you put the Chiefs where they are. Ooh, good nice play. play. Good play. You know what the Seattle secondary is extremely poor at? Fast breakups? Covering? Yeah, breakups. Yeah. It's so shocking. There was multiple times this week even that literally this is, you literally had to do that. Oh, so oh, I forgot to mention, one of the things that defenses <laughs> can do if they're like bad at coverage and, and give up a lot of yards is Force turnovers because forcing turnovers changes things a lot, even though you give up yards and points. What sometimes and Seattle's been bad a couple times, but what saved them is that they've been pretty good at forcing turnovers as well historically. And this year, I don't think that's no. that's there <clears throat> early in the year, yeah. But the last like four or five weeks, yeah, <laughs> turnover battle. I don't know, I don't know if 13 is the right number, but let's just use that number 12 or 13. Th it's probably 13 to 3. The last few weeks? Yeah. Yeah. It's been like atrociously bad. I think we got one turnover this past week. Yeah. Very, very poor. I think, uh, when was the last time we had a fucking interception? Jesus. That was what was happening on early in the year, right? At least we forced turnovers. Yeah. But now we're not doing anything. Exactly. So forcing turnovers is huge. If your defense is bad, it's bad, but... Forcing a turnover or giving your offense points points right away. Mm -hmm. It's huge. They're not doing anything. The amount of yards thing doesn't bug me very much. Like it's not offensive to me. I'm not like shit, we need to allow more less yards. The turnover thing is really, really big. Yeah. Losing a turnover battle every week yeah. means your team is gonna be which is usually something you can like write down as a win for the Seahawks every time. Usually. Because you're not going to, Russ isn't going to turn it over unless Carson starts fumbling again or something weird. Mm -hmm. But it's been tough the last few weeks. Do you, you see Russ getting much better in the next seven Yeah, weeks? yeah, I do. I, you don't think this is a train that is going the wrong way? I, I don't think so. I'm still, I'm still on his side right now. If he gives me one more week of this crap, then I'm jumping off. One more? One more. If he has like one one touchdown, two picks, and a fumble, I'm like, okay. never again. <laughs> never again. <laughs> it's been a weird stretch, man. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like four games in a row is a long I period know. of time. One or two, I'm okay with. I don't see the historic greats having stretches like this. Sure, there's slumps in baseball and all this bullshit, but like for a month, 
Right? Yeah, that's the thing. Baseball, you play every goddamn right, day. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> 370,000 games a year. It's ridiculous. <sighs> okay, cheer me up, Mike. Cheer me up. Masters. Yes. Yes. Masters talk. I love the Masters. What are your initial takeaways? The Masters is the greatest thing to happen to sports ever, ever, ever. If you challenge that, I will fight you <laughs> and I will win. How did you feel about uh, a November Masters? I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't care. I don't I, care when it's on. <laughs> no. If they could have seven Masters a year, and it's I would watch every second. It's of on every in 140 Masters. days. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's that's back. the best part. That's the best part. I was saying that. It's like, well, it's over. I'm fucking depressed. But five months away, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. The, it is. It's so good. Why is it so good? It's so, just like the history and the course, and I don't know. Is it too like? I don't know what the right word is. Like prestigious. It's so prestigious. Is that part of the like oh, lure yeah. for oh, yeah. regular people? For sure. Like the. It's uh, like it's like you get to watch this exclusive place once a year that no one's allowed to go to. I the one thing I will say is that I wish the weather would have cooperated a little bit more cuz the course was in as fiery as normal. It was it was soft and it didn't look as pure on some tee boxes and stuff. It was beaten up and the yeah. greens didn't look as good, but it was still so fun. And the, like the the biggest thing about the Masters is that because it's hosted at the same course every year, you know like what holes coming up and like what people have to do. So you're like you're kind of like right there, like understanding what shot has to be hit all the time. That is one of the coolest things about this tournament. And I was saying this a couple of days ago, is that like if I ever got to play it, I would know. The exact you know what to do, right? Like literally, I'd be sitting in the hotel room yeah. the night before, and I'd draw out every single hole. Yeah, and I'd be like, okay, on on <laughs> whatever, <laughs> on thirteen, I want to like just hit a drive. It's gonna be short of the pine straw. Yeah, I'm probably gonna be like two sixty, two seventy out. So I'm probably gonna hit like a seven iron. But that's to, what like, that's what's yards. so awesome about Augusta is that like when they do the when you do the shot tracer that's on every hole and they hit it on thirteen. And you're watching it and you're like, like ah, it's not drawing enough. In That's in the pine yeah. straw. And totally. like, there's no other course you know that well that you can comment on stuff like that. It makes it so fun to view. It's so cool. I know. It's so much fun, man. It's so crazy. Every single shot is like that, though. Yeah. Every shot. And oh, that was a nice little juke there. There is not, there's no other tournament. Ever yeah. that is like that. It's so cool. It's so fun. Even on uh, like even the putts, like you start reading the greens. Yeah, you do. Them, right? Yeah. So like I remember on Sunday I saw Rory on eight, the par five, second par five on the front. He had a putt from like it was the back left pin location. Yeah. And he had a putt on basically on top of the hill. So like you hit it this way, and then it the ball basically stops. And then just like rolls down the hill yeah. that way. And so Rory's putt, I see Rory hit and I was like, oh, it looks like he hit that pretty soft. And then it goes past the hole. Like two groups later, I think, uh, I can't remember who it was, JT or something. I don't know, someone was up next. And then I was like yelling at the TV. I was like, JT, it's really, really fast. <laughs> <laughs> he just barely got to touch it. <laughs> 
It's like it's your home course. Dude, it's, it's so, so fun. fun. So, oh, fun. It's so fun. Are you happy with the winner? Uh, yes, because I'm in a golf pool and DJ, if you can believe it, was my second round pick. Excuse me? Second round. Wow. Pick. That's value. DJ was struggling for a bit though, right? Like he kind of so fell off. Going into the year, he was probably like number three or four in the world. Oh, he's going so, into he's, the year. He's just okay. so he's good. One. He's won every single year that he's been on tour. 13 years in a row, he's won a golf tournament. Oh my God. <laughs> That's outrageous. Yeah. How many did Tiger have in a row? Uh, I don't know. Good question. Probably. He had a lot, but then he got injured. Um, when was he, when did he start? 97? 96? I think 96. He won the 97 Masters. Was, anyway. But it's this. fucking, it's so hard to win that many consecutive years in a row. And it's not like he wins once. He wins like a couple times usually. And now he's got two majors, and he was like super close to winning a few other majors that he probably should have won. He's been second in every major. Yeah, he's just so 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 good all time, all time player. He uh, all time personality. Do you see him show emotion in the press conference for once? He started crying. You never see that from DJ. He's like the chillest guy ever. Like you don't even think he cares at all. And then it's kind of cool to see that he finally like. He was so happy to win the Masters. I was watching with Thurman, and we were so happy, like excited to see what he was going to say after. Yeah. Because usually a DJ press conference is like, yeah. DJ just won the Masters. Like, how do you feel? He's like, you know, I just put the ball in the right spots, and yeah. uh, I was hitting my irons really good, and I, you know, I didn't make that many putts. Sometimes like, you win, dude, you sometimes just won the tournament. You lose. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't make any putts. Yeah. <laughs> Even after sixty-five on the. Uh, what day? Yesterday. Yeah. Or, uh, sorry, Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Saturday? He, was that like one of the greatest rounds of ball striking you've ever seen in your oh, life? At Augusta, for sure. 18 greens, every or 16 greens every fairway. 14, 14. 14 fairways. Yeah. 16 greens. Yeah. One of them, on 12, he was literally probably two yeah. inches off the green. Yeah. I, and then 18, he had a weird chip yeah. off the right side, but... <laughs> that was the easiest... But he putted, he putted on 18 holes, every single hole. He was putting on. Even on 18 off this back right, he putted it. That's right. So and it was like all 60, time, all time round. What did he shoot? 66? 65, 66? I think. It was seven under, wasn't he? 65. He 65. had two 65s. Yeah. But I know you watched that round. He probably had another three or four birdies. Birdie putts yeah. inside 15 feet. It was the easiest 65 I've probably ever seen. Ever <laughs> Insane. He made one long putt, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was unreal. So can I tell you about this golf pool? Because I think you're going to be in it next year. We go to draft at Alex D'Angelo's house, and I do a lot of research. So I got my printed out a world top 100 and starred the guys that I wanted to pick up based on rounds. So yep. like, <clears throat> there was a couple guys in the top 20 that I wanted, and I thought I could get a couple of them in the third or fourth round. There was a couple guys in the top 50 that I thought I would get late. Anyway, I get the fourth pick. So it goes, you're going to be quite a little bit shocked by this. One was Rory. Mm. Two, <laughs> Flyer takes Brooks Kepka. An injured Brooks Kepka who didn't play for three months. Interesting. <laughs> three JT, which probably would have been my first pick. Good pick. 
if I got the first pick. I got the fourth pick, and John Rahm is obviously John Rahm, good pick. The next guy. I mean, I, I would have taken DJ probably number two, in my opinion. So going into the year, DJ was like, but D, you can you can lock you can lock in D like you can lock in a win automatically. Probably one or two wins for DJ as soon as you pick him. For some reason. How many how many guys were there? Like what, so what is round two? There's six guys in our pool. So you got him like ninth or tenth overall? So there was six, then the sixth guy gets seven. Mm-hmm. Eight. So I was number nine. You got DJ at nine is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. So that turned out to be obviously the best pick of the year. Yeah. Because he won the FedEx Cup. Yeah. And the FedEx, so we the way that we ran this pool was uh it's FedEx Cup points. So if you win a tournament, a normal PGA tournament, they're usually 500 points. Yeah. The FedEx Cup three events are 1,500 for the winner. Yeah, and he, so won, every he, won, he won two of them. <laughs> so he won two of them. Yeah. Guess who won the second one? John Rom. John Rom. John Rom, that's <laughs> so right. I won all three. <laughs> yeah. So he had already won the pool, basically. And in the last tournament, John Rom came second. Yeah. So in the last tournament, I think you're like 29. How many points did you win by? When, well, what, what, uh, was I'm the Masters up, the last event of your... Uh, but of your bet. So because of the post, we're gonna do FedEx Cup season. Yeah, but because coronavirus, we adjusted it to be the end of the year, so it goes to the end of December. I think I'm currently up by about forty five hundred, so it's unreachable. <laughs> it's not even close. But those three events, I was down by a thousand to Thierman going into the FedEx Cup, and yeah. then I won three and had Rom finish Did second. Thierman must have had JT then. Thierman had JT Morikawa. Oh, nice. Morikawa was taken in the fourth round. Yeah. And Smart Thierman pick. was one pick ahead of me. And I was looking at my sheet, and Morikawa was circled with like <laughs> seven stars. Was like, young guy, gonna be good. And in the fourth round, it was like going back to me, and I was like, Morikawa. Can't wait for this guy. I'm gonna make the steal of the draft. I thought this was gonna be the biggest one, and Thierman takes him, and I just fucking throw my sheet. Like you gotta be kidding me! I need 15 minutes. I need I need to regroup and figure this out. But now, Morikawa, next year's draft. You're in, by the way. I've yeah, I voted in. you in. I'm in. Okay, so we're taking it probably to 10 guys next year. Cool. So the draft process. Is going to go from 60 guys getting drafted to 100, which means the last like two or three rounds are going to be crazy. <laughs> like, there's going to be some flyers in there. It's I so, like it was so fun. Though. Sweet. Like, someone like Morikawa next year could go in the first round. Yeah. Probably will go in the first round. Anyone in the fourth round this year. And it, who's the number one pick next year? Is it DJ? DJ. Is it, you think DJ? DJ. You can just have a back to back. I think D- DJ, DJ or Rory or JT. It's one of those three. Mm. Maybe Rom as well. That's those four, and that's it. I haven't. So, like, I watched Rom a lot this year because he was on my team. I haven't seen greatness from him, if that makes sense. So, I see greatness from Justin Thomas. Yeah. I see potential, ex- like, extreme greatness from Rory McElroy. Yeah. Bas- after his first round, he would have won the tournament. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. what he finished at 12? I think he finished somewhere in there, 11, somewhere in there. So maybe not one. But if he had, like, a decent round of he would 70. He runner-up. 
he would have been another five. Sh- he shot 75, so yeah. he would have been another five shots. But his his next three days were 66, 60. His crazy, five, his crazy stat in majors, like recently, is that his first round, his first round commutative score is like plus 40 in majors. And then after that, it's like plus seven or minus 70. Yikes. So he has some first round issues Weird. the last little bit. I think I he, he has, he, but every time he comes to Augusta, he knows that it's for the slam and he has like, everyone just talks about it the entire time. It's going to be sweet when he wins one because he's going to win one. I, so I really didn't like the way he answered that question. Which one? Ask, like every time, he obviously gets asked about the slam yeah. for like three and a half months leading up to yeah. Augusta. See ya. So they ask him that question. Oh, baby. So close. Um, they asked him that question and his, his answer really annoyed me as a competitive human being. Yeah. He said, holding, what are you laughing at? Let's hear this. (laughs) It really annoyed me. He said, I, um, I'm taking the approach that I'm just going to play as good as I can and whatever the result is, I'm going to be happy with. That's just like the fake answer every golf pro is No, it's not. Supposed to get. Tiger never fucking said that. When you go into a tournament with Tiger... Tiger and Brooks are the only two that don't answer stuff like that. In his fucking heyday when he was dominating yeah. and when he knew he was the best in the world, Rory should know he's the, he could be... He, yeah. It's playing it's at their... Playing people, as good as they can. Dude, it's, Rory it's and DJ same, are untouchable. It's the same... People that shit on Bryson for speaking his mind, though. If Roy says what's on his mind and says, "Who gives a fuck?" I'm the best player in the world, and if I play as good as I can, I'm probably gonna win. People are just gonna fucking say shit the entire week about him, and if he doesn't win, they're just gonna roast him. But that's mental. I know, but that's how the world is. It's stupid. So what? It's it's up to you. It's not up to the I, world. I agree, but he if does. It, he does it for week, a reason. If Bryson shot minus twenty two, yeah, and beat DJ. Talk your talk your shit. I'm like, all for talking. No one shit. would ever say anything bad about no. him for the next three, like three or four years. Yeah, I agree. I actually have no problem with what Bryce said. I hope. I wish more people would just say what's on their mind. I have a problem with disrespecting. So I think it's totally fine to be like, I think this golf course suits up really well for my game. I think on this hole, I ha- I can cut the corner and have a pitching wedge in. Yeah. I think to say Augusta. Sets up as a par sixty-seven for me. I don't think it's disrespectful. It one hundred percent is. I don't think so. I disagree. I think you're setting yourself up for failure when you're saying things like that. That's that, but you can't have it both ways. Yes, you can. No, because Rory can't. You you can't want Rory to say something like that, but you not want Bryson to say something like that. Mm-mm. It has to be one or the other. I never said Rory should walk into a tournament saying this sets up as a par sixty-seven. No, but it's the same as it's the same exact thing as speaking your mind. If Bryce, if Rory says he's speaking his mind, then that's exactly what Bryson. I should think it's do. different. I think the way that I would like Rory to handle that question is. You know, when I'm at my best, I feel like I'm the best in the world, and I feel like I'm playing really well this week. And I, those I are still cli- those winning. are still cliched answers that aren't actually what he feels like, though. Bryson just speaks what's on his mind. It's literally a par seventy set sixty-seven for Bryson. It is. It's a par sixty-seven for Rory. So he and shot it's a par plus twenty. Yeah, he played like shit. He did play like shit. And it's a par sixty-seven or a par sixty-eight for Rory. It's a par sixty-eight for DJ. The par fives are easy there. <laughs> Bryson is only has just has the nuts to say it, and people hate when people like disrespect Augusta or whatnot. But it's the truth. I I don't have any problem with Bryson playing well. I hate the people that say 
Bryson played poorly because he said something like that. I never people, said he pe- did that. No, I, but people do. Bryson played bad because that's what golf is. Sometimes you don't play well. Unfortunately, it happened this week, but he was the favorite to win for a reason. I don't think the par fives are easy. I think the par fives are They're... very scorable when you hit good golf shots, right? Like 13, you got to hit a drive in the fairway. If you're on the pine straw, like yep, it, but it's to, not it's not a hard hole because if you hit in the pine straw, you still have a wedge in every time. Yeah, but how many par fives on on tour are if but, you get offline? You but just how punch many out par to a wedge. how many par fives on tour are if you just hit a good drive, you're going for the green? All of them. Yeah, yeah. So the par and every single par five at Augusta, every single person, regardless of distance, can reach it. Other than mm, hole eight. eight. Yeah, not many people. Like, there's only one or two eagles the whole week. Yeah, but the long hitters are hitting like five, six irons into that hole. Into that hole? Yeah. No. Bryson hit seven in the practice round. He hit six in the actual tournament. Rom hit three wood every day. Yeah, but Rom isn't. They're like 260. Rom isn't DJ Rory and Bryson length. I don't think so. I think even DJ... All, in the fairway, I had I can, t- I can tell you, as a professional golfer, those par fives are not hard holes to score on. They are very tricky holes if you try to do something that is taking too much off of it and you aren't smart, and you aren't smart, but they aren't, they would never be considered hard holes. Like you're going into every no, single I'm not, one. I'm not saying it's hard. You're, those guys are going into all of those par fives daily, hoping to play them at. Minus four or better, and three under is the worst you want to play them. Which you cannot say a lot of on tour of par fives. Anyway. That was the only... I am totally fine with people being confident in press conferences. I... Felt like it was bad karma when you say the most prestigious golf course of all time that mm-hmm. I've never won on, like Bryson. You've never won on. Has he even done well there? He's played it twice. I think so. Maybe this was his third time. He played once as an AM, once last year, and then. So no. So no. But he was playing <laughs> the best golf coming into it, and I don't. I don't think he's playing the best golf. I think DJ was he won by the far la- playing he won the best. Ba- he won the last major. DJ's last six, ter- last seven tournaments were <laughs> second, win, <laughs> sixth, win, something, win. Oh, I'm pretty sure Bryson was kind of like that too. I don't think it was that good. It was very, very solid. Mm-hmm. He won twice. Won a major, and then was the favorite going into Augusta. And he's going to play. Well, in the next the one, favorite? Too. Yeah, he was, a bet, he was a betting favorite by far. Well, that's stupid. <clears throat> I didn't think he did. Uh, going into the week, I, I said, bet on him to win. I said DJ and, and JT. Good bets. I think he's going to play really well next time. So, do you, where do you think he goes in the draft next year? I'd probably take him two or three. Two. So you think he's ahead of J 
JT. Yeah. Ahead of JT for the whole season next year? Yeah. Really? Hmm. He's going to end up with more wins than anyone except for Rory and DJ. And he's going to have more majors than JT too. They already have the same amount. Does JT only have one? JT's got one. <clears throat> he won the PGA at Wingfoot or something. Where do you think Finau goes? Mm, Finau's really solid, but he can't seem to win. I know. I'd probably take him third round. Third? I'd take with, him in the second round. With, with <clears throat> mm, I don't know. I think I'd go third round. Early third, late second. This is going to be such a good pool. Oh, That wasn't even that violent. No, it wasn't. Yeah, I was looking at it earlier. It wasn't that it violent. It wasn't that violent. He didn't really land on him that much. It's just awkward. But it collapsed the lung? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so talk more about this tournament other than Bryson. Bryson. Yeah, I think... I think... I think... Augusta got him back on that third hole. Who? Bryson. Bryson? Yeah. I, that's that's probably the worst rule in any sport of it's all a time. I agree. It is, it is agree. absolutely shocking how that's... It, and it's in the rule book and it, they did nothing wrong, but I've wanted that rule changed forever because I've been the recipient of it before in a tournament and it's a fucking joke. There are no trees around where he hit it. It is muddy. It is wet. Everyone in your group knows where your ball went. The cameras know where your ball went. It's only lost. It's only lost because of conditions. That is that is my asterisk to the rule. If yeah. your ball is lost and it can't be in the trees, like stuck in a tree, yeah. and you know for a fact that it's in casual water somewhere, but you just can't find it because it's under the earth, <laughs> <laughs> that is, should be a free drop. Do you know what we're talking about? No. So Bryson hit his drive yeah. on three, which is like a 350-yard par four, mm -hmm. and he's close to the green, but he's left. So he's let's say he's probably 25 yards left of the green, 20 yards left of the green in rough. So the rough's yeah, like yeah. this, but it was wet. It rained a lot on like Wednesday, Thursday. Like with like how, with how, no, with how high he hits it, the ball goes straight oh, into the ground, into the soft ground yeah. and goes straight into the mud, and then the mud comes over the ball, so you literally have no idea where to find it. Oh, what the hell? And then you, you deem it a lost ball, so you have to go to back it. to the tee and re-tee and hit another ball, and you're hitting three off the tee. Jeez. But I think that, and I think the rules should be changed when the con the reason your ball is lost is conditions and not mm -hmm. like long rough. It's not because the rough was long that he lost it. Totally. Or that if it was in the trees or like anything else, it was just lost because of how wet it was. And I'm not even like a Bryson fan, but I hate when people get screwed over by golf rules like that. Mm. Just like... It's not common sense. That fucked them too. They, oh, 100% it did. That was early in the second round. Yeah. <clears throat> but I would say Bryson, DJ, and Rory are the only three guys, and Tiger, are the only four guys that if they have like everything working, they can like take a scoring record to somewhere else. You think Tiger today? No, not today, like past Tiger. No. Tiger doesn't have the distance to do what those guys do anymore. But he's as precise, which is why he won the Masters last year. It's a perfect course for him. So like as you age, you lose a little bit of that power? You lose distance for sure, yeah. But your accuracy, accuracy, accuracy is still there? 
Yeah, he was never the most accurate guy, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a little bit more accurate now than he used to, but he gives up so much distance to guys now. That's interesting. And it's like distance is the most important thing now. The most important. By far. By far. Not the Masters, though. Look at the By leaderboard. Far. Look at the leaderboard. Who won? Yeah, but look at the leaderboard. It, it, go, golf tournaments are always about who hits it the farthest and who hits it the straightest. And if you can do both, you're going to win. <clears throat> so second place, Cam Smith and Sung J M, mm-hmm. both not long hitters. Nope. Fourth place, Justin Thomas. Long for his height, but long, not that long. Long in general. Long in general? Long in general. Better than average. Okay, then Rory had three great days, and on day like without his day one, he would have been close. Maybe not close. He lost by nine. I thought it was closer than that. Um, Dylan Fratelli, not not long. CT Pan, not long. And um, also, I can tell you why a lot of these guys played better than they would have. Conditions because they can in past masters. Where you have to hit it high and far and long with short irons to hold the greens. Talk to the mic. And a draw. And yeah, they on like 13 and 15 are hitting these three and five woods that are like stopping like wedges. Yeah. So it's so, so different when your ball's not just bouncing over the green. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see in April. It will. It'll be so. It'll be. It'll be so fun. And I think they're going to be so different. I think they. I hope by then they'll have at least limited fans. But I don't know. We'll see. Do you think that was a help or hurt for for DJ? Yeah. I honestly don't think the guy cares. I don't. Probably didn't even notice. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear his conference or press conference going into the week? They asked him, "What do you think is the greatest tradition at the Masters?" What did he say? Dude, do you need to watch this interview? Did he say... It is the funniest fucking (laughs) thing I've ever seen. He thinks about it for a second. He's like, it's got to be the sandwiches. Yeah. Oh, no, I did see that. I saw that. Yeah. (laughs) Carl, this is the most prestigious, (laughs) elusive golf tournament in the world. Mm -hmm. And he says the greatest tradition is the sandwiches. (laughs) That's so funny. <laughs> Caviar sandwiches. <laughs> That's awesome. I think Nick Faldo. What do you think he's going to serve next year for Champions Dinner? Sandwiches. Like a sandwich or? That's why Tiger t- uh, tweeted that yesterday. <laughs> Tiger tweeted yesterday. He's like, "Well, can't wait for those sandwiches next next year." That's every awesome. year they have a Champions Dinner on Wednesday, thir- Tuesday, uh, or Wednesday, early in the week. I think week. Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday evening, where all the past people who have won the tournament. Yeah. Have like a dinner. That's and awesome. the guy that won the previous year chooses the menu for everyone. Oh, he gets critiqued. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tiger called him out on Sunday night talking saying he's just gonna serve sandwiches. It's a sandwich buffet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys have mentioned this a few times, but like what makes this so prestigious? It's like this it's the smallest field for any tournament. Okay. So okay. you can only get in by winning an event or being top fifty in the world. Mm. Um or being a top uh, past champion. Gotcha. So it's just the hardest. I think so to it's make just it. the hardest to get into <laughs> and then it I wouldn't say it's the hardest to win, but it has the best players in the world every every single year. 
And can you like play on this course during? No, no, right? It's completely. That's it's why completely I, exclusive. If you're a PGA professional, they'll let you on there, but it's there's no public play. There's nothing else. So they're just maintaining. They're it just maintaining. The Dude, eh? they have a they have like a air system underneath the golf course where they can temperature control everything to make the course exactly how they want so it. They can like get the grass yeah. just right. And yeah. Oh my god, that's insane. It's so cool. How do you become a member there? <laughs> you have to be like Condoleezza Rice, I think, is one of the last people they let in. You have to be basically, super famous. Basically, there's no price to be a member. Yeah, there's it's no price. Like, it's, it's not like, like you can pay a million what you've dollars. Done, you what you've done in the world. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. like Martin Luther King. It's like oh a co-op. My. Yeah. Right. So like, and like they co-op probably sounds, invite you co-op to sounds it, right? lame. They invite you. They invite you. You do not get yeah. to like write down a form. Hey, I'd yeah. like to join. They're like, hey, we would like you to join. That's insane. Yeah. So how many? Oh, this is probably tough. But how many full rounds do you think are played on that course, not including the Masters? I think like they have days bet- where it's like two or three tee times a day, Jeez. and sometimes nothing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like during the rainy season or the oh. storm season in Georgia, no one plays. Oh, that was a fumble. But during the good times, it's probably it, like... But they have like full. a maximum amount of tee times per day just so they can keep the course pristine. Mm. Wow. That's what a lot of courses do that are not like Augusta, but like that prestigious. They That's interesting. They have a maximum amount of tee times per day. So you feel like you're the only one out there. You're never waiting on a shot. You can take as many time, much time as you want. There's no tee times you show up for whenever you want. It's so cool. What do you think of that guy who is the director of operations or whatever? At Augusta? At Augusta. Sick job. Yeah, but how did he get that job? <laughs> I don't know. I hate that guy. <laughs> Just like that weird southern white guy accent. Yeah. Talks like he's better than everyone else. Welcome back to the Masters. Uh, this is by far the greatest tournament of all time. And uh, we'd like to welcome Jack Nicholas to the tee here. <laughs> they do have a little bit of uh, cockiness about them. Just Augusta. A little bit of we're better than you, and we know it. So maybe the most famous to that point is the term patron patron <laughs> patron not fan carl so in all golf they are called the gallery i saw yeah 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 right fans gallery whatever at augusta you are only as a broadcaster you're only allowed to refer to them as the patrons as a mm-hmm. player you're only allowed to refer to them as the patrons the reason for that I know it. Do you know it? 1930. Yeah. Can you explain? Not very well. But I know that. A couple people commented on that post. I saw the post. And I know that one of the news, one of the guys that does the broadcasting got fired because he refused to call them by the name patron. He refused? He he just says he wants, like he didn't, maybe he didn't refuse, but he would call them fans or gallery or whatnot. And they got fired. (laughs) I saw that firing. Do you guys even know what patron, like, what the definition is? They, they, it came up with a reason for it, but I can't remember why. The reason was I in 1930, someone I can't remember who it was wanted the event to be 
a consumer thing. That's they right. wanted them to be consumers rather than fans. Then rather than fans, yeah. They wanted it to be different than other sports mm-hmm. kind of thing. Huh. So they wanted they wanted it to be an event or like whatever he his exact terminology yeah. was versus like a game. Right. So you want to be more part of it kind of. Yeah. Because like the actual definition is a person who supports with money, gifts, efforts, or endorsements. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's, That's essentially funny. <laughs> Are you? Mike's going to pee. All right. Do you know Did you watch? No. I saw clips. I saw highlights. I saw guys, but. No interest in golf, eh? One day. I, I think to, in April. Yeah. Do me a favor. Yeah. Watch a few hours. Maybe watch a couple hours on Saturday and like a few hours on Sunday. Okay. And okay. tell me if you just feel different. I thought you were going to invite me to a driving range to hit some balls. I don't think they make clubs long enough for you. <laughs> That's my problem. <laughs> you should come over next on, in, in uh, April mm-hmm. on Sunday and watch with me. I'm down. The feeling is weird. It's like, it's like a, I don't know. It's like a Super Bowl. Like it's like different. You, we talked about this, like why you're such a Seahawks fan, right? You had that one triggering moment. Is there mm-hmm. something like that for golf for you? Watching Tiger growing up, 100% yeah, okay, at the Masters. And the feeling watching the Masters versus any other tournament is, is I don't know how to describe it. It's just different. Huh. It's so different. Like in zero other tournaments for the rest of the year will I watch a Thursday morning at 4 a.m. Right. Like, I'm just, I'll check the scores on my phone, mostly due to this uh, pool that we're in. Mm-hmm. See how my guys did, but like I'm not watching every shot on right. the third hole, right? On well, Thursday morning, right? One thing I also love about the Masters is that you'll get not only the casual golf fan to tune in from Thursday to Sunday, but you'll get like people that aren't even golf fans it's, just because it's like a thing it's a to Super watch Bowl. the Masters. It's a Super Bowl of yeah, golf, right? Exactly. Because yeah. there's celebrities involved. Oh, right? yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just such a big thing. It's a huge thing. The way they like, we only got to wait half, a, ha, not even half a year for the next one. I know, man, I'm so excited. Because when's Literally, the original day for it? It's in it's in April. April. It's the it's second week of April, right? I think every year. And the course usually is very firm, mm-hmm. and the greens dry. are so yeah. hard. Like yeah. hitting greens is at a premium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas this year, you see the really score is getting worse and worse as the week went on with how firm it got. Yeah, hundred. Yeah, totally. Except Rory. Played, played bad on the easiest day. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to make a run on Sunday. But that's as like a as like a player wanting to win that tournament so bad and like knowing everyone's rooting for you, playing badly the first day and knowing that even if you shoot like 65, 65, 65, you probably still won't win. Yeah. It's so deflating. Yeah. But he does that a lot. He'll play bad and then you're like, yeah, he'll still backdoor top five. He'll still backdoor top 10. He's just that good. He's funny, man. It, um, I said this to Thierman on Sunday. I said, it seemed, the reason I don't think Rory is going to be an all-time great, even though he could be, yeah. he doesn't seem like he cares. I, like, think he, I think he cares a lot. He just doesn't show up very much. He's kind of like DJ in that way. He cares a lot. His, uh, like, 
I want I want him to be mad at himself. I know. I want him to be like, yeah, I don't I think fucked he, up. On I don't day think one, he's man. that guy. But like every interview, it's like, <laughs> oh, you know, I hit the ball okay. You know, I just yeah. didn't make that many putts. And I it's think a tough but I, I can. I a lot of golf people are like that. They just say that for media. Inside, we're fucking fuming. But you you just don't say that. Why? I don't know. I, I'm like that. I'm like that too. Why? I don't know. This golf is so it's just, fancy it's and just prestigious like, and you can't. No, Rory's wearing hoodies out there. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. I love the hoodie. I know, me too. I don't mind it. <laughs> so if he's making a stand with the hoodie, <laughs> make a stand with being emotional. Yeah. Show your fucking, like, what you actually feel. I don't know. I like guys like Brooks who will just say what they think. Like I love that, that about Brooks. interview. Going into, I can't remember what major it was, but it might have been U.S. Open or PGA. Him and Bryson hate each other too, eh? Have uh, you seen this feud? It seems like it seems like Brooks has a different feud with someone every year. Yeah, I think he just this does it for Bryson. fun for him, and totally. like Bryson, like just doesn't like getting picked on. And Brooks is like, haha, this is awesome. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bryson's just a dork. Yeah, huge dork. Very science. Carl, I don't know if I said this before. Mike obviously knows this interview. Brooks going into a major like two years ago gets, and at that time he was number one in the world, maybe. Yeah, he was. And playing really well. He had won four, whatever, three or four majors in two or three years. Yeah. And one US Open back to back, which you just don't do. Yeah. He got asked like why he's so good in majors. And he's like, well, you got, I got to think, I think about it this way. So there's 140 guys in the field and basically out of the gate, half of them have literally have zero chance of winning. So I'm playing against 70 guys. And out of the 70, there is probably 40, 50 that mentally cannot win. Like if they're in the hunt on Sunday, they're going to fall apart like Abram answered this week. And they're, they, they just don't believe they can win. So I'm really, the way I go into a major is I think that I'm trying to beat 10 to 15 guys. <laughs> That's perfect. I love that. I love I, that he dude, said that. I love that shit. Yeah, because it's it's so true. Yeah. Going into the final round, did you think Abram Answer had any but chance? But here's of my thing. You, he's a great golf. He's a really good golfer. That was his first time at Augusta. He's a young dude. He's 25, maybe. Do you think that? Do you? You said you don't like disrespecting people. Do you think it's disrespectful to say I only have to beat 10 of 170 guys no, to have a chance? Not at all. I. So. I don't like disrespecting Augusta. Okay. I think you should respect Augusta. I think it's Disrespect totally... your fellow PGA Tour players. He didn't call anyone out. He, he called... He, he just called said, this half, is the way that I think. He called out half the field. Well, he called up 75% yeah. of the field, yeah. But it's true. <laughs> it is true. Augusta. Oh, Jesus, what's happening here? <laughs> he just... Botch snap. What was that? This is a sloppy football game. Very sloppy. I think the reason I didn't like it, Mike, was because it was directed at the most prestigious course of all time. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm totally fine with you making comments about generalizations. Yeah. But if he was like, if in that interview he's like, uh, I look at a guy like, Whoever, Cam Smith or Phil Mickelson, he's washed up. You know, yeah. always washed. Like he's never going to say that, 
but he singled out the golf course yeah. and he said, I think this should be a par 67 for me. Rephrase that. That's like, I, okay, based, okay. Based on the way I want to play this golf course, my goal every day is to shoot 67. Yeah. That, okay, that's different. That's a little different. I like that a little bit more. Right? Yeah. Don't say this is a par 67 course. I, but yeah. You didn't shoot 67 one day, bro. I agree. We, we do talk about like, we do talk about golf courses like that as pros though. Like I, I say Pitt Meadows is a par 65. I'll say that to all my playing putters if we have a tournament there. It's not like you're not trying to disrespect the course. It's just what you expect to shoot. So, but that's different. I think he legitimately thinks it's a par 67 for him and he just played really bad every day. But you articulated it well. Yeah. You could say, look, it, you know, you, as yeah, a pro, you can phrase it a little as bit differently. A pro, I look at the golf course and I want, and I pick a number that I think is my goal. And that's what I say the par is. So for me, like, I don't look at 72 as the number that I'm trying to shoot. I look at 67 as the number I'm trying to shoot today. Because you have to understand as a professional athlete who is being watched by tens of millions, maybe more in the masters yeah. of people. All of them, other than you and your 92 buddies that are playing in the tournament, <laughs> let's say, what, 1,500 to 2,500 golf professionals around the world that are actually good at golf? Yeah. Don't understand that. That's true. Right? Like, I love golf. Yeah. Do I ever th walk into a golf course being like 67 is a number today? <laughs> no. I look at the par and I think, I want to be close to that. <laughs> <laughs> So what a, he understands that. He's a fucking professional athlete. He's been in the public eye for 10 I, years. I, I think you're just trying to have it both ways because you don't like Bryson. That's honestly what I think. I see it very different. Because I, I think that Bryson is speaking his mind and he's not like, it's not karma if he plays bad or whatnot. And it's not, if he says something and it doesn't come true, it's not because he's a mental midget. It's just golf. Yeah. I think I think I think if if Brooks can speak his mind about calling out every single player in the field, then Bryson can call out a golf course. That looked like a pass, didn't it? I don't know, Mike. I think we're gonna disagree on this one. That's okay. I think I like to deal with situations on their own. I think Bryson's and the only not uh, group things together. <laughs> I like I like basing things on their own, but I don't like when you can use the same argument for one and not the other. I think it's different. I think the way you articulate things is different. Maybe in your mind the ideas are the same. Yeah. But if you are like I said, if you articulate them different, like if you explain it the way I just explained it, saying, Look, I'm a golf professional, I'm really good at this fucking sport. <laughs> And my current golf ranking in the in the world is number six out of eight billion people. I'm really good at this thing. Okay, <laughs> so I've developed a science and a weight training program and drinking twenty seven thousand protein shakes a day <laughs> that I put on ninety seven pounds of muscle and I hit the ball really far. Yeah. So based on that, uh, I look at this golf course and I think my goal every day is sixty seven. I think he's just cutting through all that bullshit that people already know. I want, what you that's said. what I want to hear. I'm not interested. <laughs> I in, want to. I, I want him to say, 
You know what? I didn't play good. I didn't play good last Masters. But he didn't say that. He made up a no, fucking no. D- he's gonna disease. Go, I want him to. Say, I want him to go into next Masters and say, you know what? I didn't play well. My strategy is the same, and this is still a par sixty-seven for me. That's all I want to hear him say. <laughs> Talk your shit. Why did he make up an illness? Because that he that's what he that's what I hate about him. He that's he makes up he has so many excuses for everything whenever he plays poorly and it's never his fault, which I hate. He never it's never like an accountability thing. And you're still gonna pick him in the top three, eh? Oh yeah, <laughs> no chance. He's gonna win the. FedEx I don't want that guy on my team year. unless he drops to the third round. <laughs> it's like Patrick Reed. Like Patrick Reed probably should be picked in the second round, but you just don't like him. Yeah, I'll take him in round five. Yeah. He's still there, but give me your thoughts on the week. I've been talking a lot on Masters week. Yeah, just like just happiness. It's just happy to wake up and watch Masters, dude. There is literally like, nothing like it. You know, so my week is usually like. I'll watch Monday night football and then I'll be like, shit, I got to wait till Thursday for football. <laughs> so I'll do some research on some betting and I'll, I'll do some schoolwork and I'll do other work. And then Thursday comes on. I'm like, this is awesome, but there's only one game on. <laughs> so it's kind of a letdown because Thursday night football is shitty. But Masters week, it's like, ooh, I get to wake up and watch Masters all day. Oh, there's Thursday night football after the Masters. And then Friday and Saturday are usually let down because there's no football till Sunday. <laughs> and then you got Masters on Friday and Saturday. And you got Masters on Sunday and football on Sunday. It's just the best week of the year. I can't, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm just, I'm smiling. You, so you're a golf professional. Yeah. You're very good at golf. I believe your current world golf ranking is 1,254. I think it's higher now. It's like 2,000. I think it went up in the last seven days. Uh, I think it's at like 2004 or something like that, which I so want it. I want it to be higher. Looked, Aaron and I looked about two weeks ago and in the last seven days from that week, you went from 1267 to 12. It, go, it goes down a lot when you don't acquire points regularly uh, when there's other tournaments in the world. All right. Anyway, but you know what? 2000, 2000 is not the worst. It's a pretty cool number. So you're good at what this. What am I at? 2000? Go to like world golf rankings and then just type in my last name. It should come up. So regardless of the exact number, Mike is good at golf. And you don't watch much golf tournaments. I watch the majors and then like a Sunday event when it's like a big thing. So you say you love sports. You don't watch most of the golf tournaments. Yeah. Why, Why Masters for you? I don't watch most golf tournaments because I don't like watching things where I could be doing something with my time to like get on the thing that I'm watching. Yeah. Like I don't want to watch a golf tournament that I think I should be playing in. I'd rather just be like working on my game to try and get to that. But Masters is like Masters is different. You just have to watch it. I don't know why. There's some like allure to it. There's some like mystery. I just gotta watch it. It's like it's unlike anything else. Yeah. And Carl asked us to articulate why we like it so much, and we probably didn't do a very good job. Yeah. It's I don't know. I think you just gotta feel it, Carl. Next year, five months from now, you're coming on. Do you want to know your rankings for this week? Uh, I'm gonna say 2004. You're up. Am I? 
You're 1,937. Let's go. <laughs> That's pretty good, man. That's not bad. That's pretty good. How many, how many do they keep? I have no idea. I think it goes up to like 2,400 or something. Yeah. Weird. It goes up to a weird number. So end of 2019, you were 2,074. Yeah. Gone up slightly. Do they keep like... I guess, do they keep like the guys on the tours? They keep the guys that are on like tours the on the list. Stuff, the yeah. Asian tours. Yeah. yeah. So like they, they, you, you cannot accumulate any points for like Vancouver event, Vancouver tour events right. or anything like that. It has to be like a sanctioned tour. What would the guy who finished like in the top five on the Canadian tour be in the world like, ranking? You'd get less points by winning. You, be, you get less points for a top 10 on a Canadian tour than just being in a PGA tour event. Right. I don't know the exact science behind it, but like just getting into certain events gives you more points than winning like a Canadian tour or Asian tour thing. There's a Canadian right now that's 49th in the world, but he's playing in the States, right? He's not Corey he, Connors. Is it, is it uh, Hadwin? Mackenzie. Mackenzie Hughes. Hughes. Is he the highest Canadian right now? He's the highest Canadian right now. Wow. Where's I thought, Connors? I thought Hadwin was. Corey Connors is 57th. Yeah. Mm. And then we have. I think Hadwin's dropped in last. Has he? Adam Hadwin is seventy fourth. Oh yeah. wow! He, I guess Mackenzie Hughes had a really good FedEx. He made the finals, right? Yeah. He was top thirty this year. That's so big. Yeah. Three Canadians in the top one hundred. That's you know crazy. Guys? Oh yeah, dude! I was battling it out with Nick Taylor in the summer for a five thousand dollar paycheck, <laughs> and John ended up winning the event. It was sweet. That was one of the sickest golf tournaments I've ever been a part of. Did I tell you about that? Well, I know that you had like a really good Sunday and finished second, right? Uh, I came, or, I, came no, was, I came third. Right. John the came final first. Group was you, John, it was me, and John, Taylor. and Nick Taylor in the final group. That's insane. And when we left the 16th green, Nick was ahead by one, and John and I were one back, I think. And then John birdied 17 and 18 to win by one. And, it was, and John shot like 28 on the back. <laughs> it was like one of the most fun events I've ever played in by far. And there was like a bunch of fans there like watching Nick and watching us. It was, it was, it was so fun. Stuff like that really like gets my juices going. <laughs> it's so much fun. I'm going to name some guys and I want you to give me your assessment on them. Okay. Um, Cam Smith. Very underrated. I think so too. He's very good. I think there, so too. Do you know what? There, there's not enough coverage on very, like good guys from Australia and European tour guys. Does he play European tour? He, I think he played a lot of PGA events this year, but he does play European tour as well. I think he's Australian though, isn't he? He's Australian, yeah. yeah. So as a pool pick, he might not be a great guy because he's probably only going to play 10 or 12 yeah, events in the States. exactly. Abram Anser. Very underrated. He's so good. He's, he's probably the best wedge player in the world. He's top 25 in the world, I think. But I still think he's underrated because no one knows he's top 25 in the world. He's 22nd right now. Yeah. 22nd. <clears throat> That's impressive. What do you think about his blow up on Sunday? Uh, don't even know that he blew up. I don't even think I see a, sh a few shots of him. Was he, he bad? Yeah, he wasn't. In it. Didn't play good. He's from well, Mexico. He was in the final. Yeah. he was in the final group. 
he was like to give him he was four back going into the day. So he needed to have a really good round, but I think he shot seventy five or seventy six. Seventy five? Yeah. <clears throat> On a fairly easy golf course for those guys. Like he had had three very good days, very consistent. Like he's one of those guys there. that has to win the Masters through his wedge play, like Michael, like uh, Weir or Zach Johnson, because he doesn't hit it super far. Yeah, but he's so precise. Um, <clears throat> what do you think of Rory's game right now? Rory's game is always the same. He hits it really good when he's hitting it good, and then he hits some. Bizarre, terrible shots. Like on 16, one of the days when he hit it in the center of the pond, and you're like, "What are you doing?" He shot. He like he had no idea where his ball was going in the first round, yeah. and then his next round was like 45 <laughs> minutes later and shot 65, 65. or 66. <laughs> yeah. Like he's so confused. Like why doesn't he win more? I have no idea. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. Is it putting? Uh, he doesn't putt great sometimes. Um, his wedge game could be better. But like Tita Green, he's always really good. Just like, I don't know. I want him to win so badly. He's such a likable guy. I know. Where do you think Jordan Spieth is at mentally right now? Dumpster. Bad place. <laughs> it's, I, I feel so bad for him because it can happen so easily in golf. Like we were watching him hit balls for uh, the waste management in Phoenix last year, and he was just like, you could see how stressed out he was. He had no idea where he was going. This is like a guy that won the Masters twice, came second twice. It's won three majors. Won the British, won the U.S. Open. It's like it's insane how fast it can change. Do you think a guy like that will turn it around, or do you think he'll be? A decent PGA player for the next ten years in fade, because he's not—he's not going away. I—I've—I've like I've always had, had the same uh, thoughts on Spieth. Like, I think Spieth is one of the nicest like human beings in the world. He's just a good dude, but I don't think he's ever gonna be. I think he's—he reached his apex already. Hmm. I think he'll just be like a guy that wins sometimes on tour and might not win another major. So he doesn't hit the ball very well. But he can get super streaky chipping and putting, um, and obviously he's good. He's won three majors, like that's almost impossible to do. But at the same time, I don't know. I hope he turns it around. It's tough to see him like that. It is interesting, hey? Like, like imagine being that good at golf, winning majors, and then all of a sudden you have no idea where you're hitting the ball. For like a year at a time. It's confusing. It's insane. What do you think of Tyrrell Hatton? <laughs> he's a, I don't know. I, I like the European guys a lot. They're fiery. He's got, <laughs> he's got a huge temper and he's like the funniest guy to get mic'd up. <laughs> he's hilarious. Who's the most underrated player on the PGA? Oh, that's a drop, isn't it? Underrated player on tour? Um, Xander Shoffley. He's rated. He's underrated. His his World Golf Ranking, Xander Shoffley. I'm going to say... World Golf Ranking doesn't matter. It's how many people think he's actually that good. Oh. 
Because people don't think he's as good as he is. Seven? Oh, shit. I was going to say 12. Shit. Dude, he is an an absolute clinic in majors. He's so good. I agree. I think he's very, very good. Does he go in the first round of our pool? 100% he should. I was talking about this with Dearman yesterday. The pool is going to be ex- like so different this year with 10 guys versus six. Yeah. Because your first round pick, there's extreme pressure. On yeah. Your first, if your first round pick does not win a tournament, I you like, have no chance in the pool. I basically. like picking guys in the, if I got like a first or second overall pick, I wouldn't necessarily pick the best player. I'd pick a guy that's like maybe has a little something to prove and he's also very good. You have to like pick guys some. that still have a little bit of fire under them. Like I think DJ and Rory don't have like as much drive as maybe a JT still does or a Rom. So I might take I might even take Rom first if I got it next year. Yeah, that to, guy yeah. wants to win so badly. Is his temper a problem though? I don't think so. No, the media tries to make it more of a thing than it is. So why didn't he play well on the weekend? Because it's golf. Sometimes you don't play great. He had, I think he had one terrible hole that probably changed his outlook a little bit on the par five when Did he sculled the three wood. He, he hit a shot that he probably three. hasn't hit since he was a kid and then chipped it off a tree into a bush. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something he planned for. <laughs> I remember, why, I don't know. Do you, you see the, the, the angle from behind of that shot? It was like a low skull hook. It was he incredible. Hooked it. Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, I don't know if you like. I was watching him as he was lining up for that shot. Yeah. And it's a downhill lie in the fairway, and I remember him choking up on the. I think he had three wood or a, a, some hybrid or something. I think it was three wood, and he was choking up. I was yeah. like, "Why is he choking up? Is on a downhill lie?" Yeah. And I'm not that smart. <laughs> and then he top hooks it. I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> I think I just called that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Thierman loves that shit. Like he gets so fired up that like the best players in the world who are so much better than me yeah. can do the same it's just shit. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like the the coverage, the peop- thing that people don't realize with golf is that shots like ROMs don't happen that often, but PGA Tour players and golf professionals in general, we hit some really bad shots sometimes but the coverage will only show the guys that are playing like really, really well that yeah. week. Yeah. So you'll never see like the worst shots ever. Um, but golf is also a sport where I think like the worst thing you can see in like, let's say basketball is an air ball, right? Like a bad air ball mm-hmm. from, a, from an offensive standpoint, which doesn't look that bad, but like golf, it's so particular on what you need the gol- the ball to do. If you hit like a top or like a shank or something weird like that, it's exaggerated so so much yeah. off of what a good shot is. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's so so precise. I don't even know what to compare it to. I am. Um, I think <laughs> I have no idea. It's like. In tennis, if you're serving and you just hit the ball in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know. But in tennis, tennis, it would be like if if your tennis racket was the same size as the tennis ball and you were trying to serve it. The head is barely bigger than the ball in golf. (laughs) It's a weird sport. It's so fucking fun, but it's a weird sport. 
Okay, what was your analysis of DJ this week? Um, like I said before, I think when he has everything like that, there's a, only a couple guys that can keep up with him. When he when he's like that, it's it's like otherworldly. He's got no weaknesses. When he is like that, can anyone beat him? I think the only person that can beat him is Rory. You don't think Brooks on on fire could beat him? I don't think. I think Brooks can be there mentally and like be there, but he can't go as low as DJ can go or as low as Rory can go. Brooks is just so solid and everything, but I don't think he, he never goes low like what DJ and Rory can do, like blow out a field. What do you think about that Saturday uh, front nine room? Uh, it, it is like the easiest thing I've ever seen. Is such a he was clinic. five under through five. Yeah, and it was easy. And his eagle was like what a foot away. Oh yeah. So <laughs> he had, what did he had a five iron from like two twenty five to yeah. twelve inches. <laughs> yeah, eight inches. Oh, that was ridiculous. And then he went birdie, birdie, birdie after. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's fun having that guys like that in your on your team because you're watching, yeah. and trash talking. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I have, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> So pumped. So one comment our friend Alex made this week. Which which Alex? D? D yeah, D'Ange. He said in our group, he said he thinks that DJ's best when DJ's on fire is better than Tiger at his peak on fire. Not even close. That's what I said. Not even close. So then you did know you what bring, my, did you bring up the event, the major where Tiger won by a didn't he win the Masters by 12? He won the U.S. Open. Yeah, at, year, yeah. He won the U.S. at Pebble by like 17. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. What, I'm pretty sure it was at Pebble, and I'm pretty sure it was when it was like early 2000s. But I think he was the only person under par, and he was the only person under par by a lot. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I said, I think he won the Masters by it's 12. Tiger's Peak is the best of any athlete ever. It's not even close to me. I agree. And then the second thing I brought up was Tiger in his peak. And I only counted for two years. So 99, he won eight tournaments. Yeah. Nine, uh, no, 90, yeah, 99, he won eight tournaments. 2000, he won nine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, DJ's had a great year. He won three tournaments. Three or, three or four, yeah. maybe. Maybe four. Golf's a little deeper than it used to be, but Tiger's Peak, there's nothing touches it. That's, oh, that was his whoops. comment. Is he's, the field is so much better now, yeah. which I think I agree with. It's due to him too, right? I mean, well, that's the cool thing is that it's really cool to see some of the best athletes in the world choosing golf. Yeah. So cool to watch them versus like in the 80s and 90s, like who who are some of the best players? Like Hal Sutton. Yeah. Like big, big guy. 42 year old dude. Like, come on. David Duvall. Yeah. VJ. It's just golf is, golf is like, the best players now are just athletes. They understand that that helps you so much. That's, That's cool. why Tiger was so good because he was the first one to adapt to that. Yeah, Tiger did. Tiger did what Bryson is like trying to do in terms of distance. Like Tiger, Tiger destroyed golf courses based on distance back then, mm. but no one talked about it. It was, it was the most dominant thing I've ever seen. 
What do you think I should do for my golf game to hit it longer? Do you think hit it longer? Yeah. Uh, there's a couple things you can do with your swing okay. that we can work on. Ooh. But it's not like, are you the type of person that's going to put in like hours for a swing change or do you want like a quick fix? Because you can go one of two routes. And I know you work a lot, so maybe you don't have time to put in like a lot of time to get like better over like a one or two year period or we can just like make you better in the short term. Mm, how much time? Uh, no, let's be completely honest here. I want to shoot in the high 70s for the rest of my life. That's yeah. my only golf goal. Okay, then you'll have to put in a little bit of effort. For I sure. never. No, but like, I mean like not just going to the range to hit balls, like deliberate slow practice, slow reps, like over and over and over. That's the thing I don't understand about golf is yeah. what is the goal when I go to hit 100 balls. Uh, you have to decide that with me or the coach that you choose. I'd like to choose you. <laughs> <laughs> we should go to the range then and figure it out. Okay. Because there are a few things that you can do to drastically help your scoring. Because your short game is already good enough to shoot in the 70s every day. We just have to tighten your dispersion with driver. Irons, I think you're fine. Yeah, much better. But driver, we need to change the dispersion a little bit. It's where all amateurs lose too many shots. My last four rounds have been pretty good. I'm trying to make all the rounds like that. That's the goal. <laughs> Still on the way up, Mike. Still on the way up. When I started when I was 21. Yeah. You picked it up late, which is harder to do. Yeah. I wish I played as a kid, man. I think I would have been stupid obsessed if I if I got in when I was a kid, though. So maybe that would have been bad mentally really? for me. Do you think the Bears can score a touchdown in 44 seconds? Hey. They haven't done anything. How much should we bet on this game? Five grand? <laughs> Minnesota, you said Bears by pick. three. I said. You know what? Minnesota's not as bad as I thought they were, I guess. Hey, or I Chicago's just really bad. I, I always knew Chicago was really bad. But Minnesota's a little bit better than I thought they were. I don't think Chicago's good at all. We didn't even mention them in the NFC race. They're, they're going to be 5-5 five and five after this. They are not even relevant to anything. They're in the Green Bay division? Yeah. Who is that? Green, Green Bay? Bay, Detroit, Chicago, Minnesota. Detroit. What's Detroit up to? 4-5. and five. Detroit. Detroit's better than their record. They, Detroit should probably be like a 5-4, and 6-3 and three team. Don't, you can't get oh sacked boy. here. You literally can't get sacked. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's not a fumble, guys. Why do guys always do that in the NFL? <laughs> he clearly threw it forward. It got batted down. Did it hit get, the ground. Did you get crunched there? I think so. Why do... <laughs> it happens all the time. Yeah. Wow, Trubisky's not even on the roster. What? Where, what's he doing? I have Where no is idea. He? Dude, I think he's... What? He's is not he done moving. with football? <laughs> Well, he's supposed to be full's backup. He got he's got his starting job taken away from him like two weeks ago. Let's see what this looked like. Oh, that's separated shoulder. Fuck. Really? I think so. Right shoulder or collarbone. Oh. Ouch. All right, let's watch the last forty-five seconds. Carl, we oh. love you. 
Love you, buddy. You're going to come in April and watch the Masters with me. Let's do it. Me. Yeah. Mike is going to be here. I'll be here. We're going to call him Coach Mike from now on. You can understand why the Masters is so cool. <laughs> it was so good this year because it was like a bit of a challenge to watch the whole tournament because yeah. it started at 4.30. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell I, I, I got to tell you, I didn't get up at 4.30 to watch it. I PVR'd it and then watched it. No, absolutely not. What, the first tee is at 7.30 Eastern, I'm assuming? It usually, so Augusta is usually, uh, they have all day to play. Yeah. And it everyone tees off on one. And because the days are longer right. in April, everyone finishes. But the weather was bad and the days are shortened. So Darker, yeah. they did split tees off one and 10. Mm-hmm. But the but the rain delays and everything made it so that they had to tee off at like 4.30 in the, or 7 in the morning, Augusta yeah. time to just get it in. So April is essentially going to be a brand new course, eh? Yeah. It's going to be way it's different. So many different. factors. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you? Last question. What do you think? It, what do you make of DJ's scoring record? So, that's a good question. I talked about this in my friends' chat the other day. Did you? Yeah. Um, I think there is a lowercase asterisk, not a full asterisk, for the scoring record. I think. You have to look at the scoring record, but also the margin of victory when discussing these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. What did he win? He won by f- five. Five. So that just that means that he was if it was like twenty under nineteen, eighteen, whatever, then it'd be different. But Augustus can, Augustus scoring is usually in April like 14, 13, 14 under yep. on a good year, um, and that's what second place generally was. So I think DJ played like that well. But it was definitely aided by the conditions. That's what I so said. I give, I give people, it just a little asterisk, but a couple not fully. People told me it, they like don't think it's a record, or there's an asterisk beside it, or all this bullshit. And I said, if it was that easy, why isn't there more? Yeah, people you, you have you have to look at margin of victory whenever you're discussing that. Yeah. But like Augusta, 100% plays different in April than it did that week. Oh, one 100%. Yeah, and I don't know. That was my comment. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. Jordan Spieth sure. played well, shot 18 under a yeah. few years ago, tied the record yeah. in April. But what did he win by? Three? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. So the second place was 15 under. Yeah. So, so, was, so was DJ year. played, just, people just got to realize that DJ played like, he didn't even, he didn't miss. He wasn't even close to making bogeys. He had those weird, those back-to-back short misses the final round. And then... Oh, is that serious? Lower body looks like, eh? Looks like his leg? Left leg? Wow. Right. Maybe it got twisted around yeah. that guy that talked about <clears throat> Weird. That's, I wasn't even looking at his legs before. Where? I don't know. Weird. That's so weird. Oh, and one. I, I don't see it, but... I've probably never gotten hit that hard in my life. Not even once. His right shoulder is okay. He's giving people yeah. high fives. Yeah. With I would never have guessed lower body injury from that. Oh, weird. <laughs> There's Trubisky. <clears throat> oh. Out tonight. Hmm. What do you think of uh, his emotion after the round? DJ's? Yeah. So happy about it. He never shows emotion. Ever. It's, um, that's what that's what people don't <clears throat> people don't see like 
how much it means to guys to win like big tournaments like that when you think about it your whole life and like no one ever sees the effort that you put in like behind the scenes and I think that's what got him like people just think that he's like some super just like gifted guy that doesn't put in time and effort to get to where he was and he's just like naturally like god-given talent but the guy works just like the hardest of anyone and no one talks about it so I think this was like a little bit of uh uh, I don't know, vindication or whatever the word you want to use for it, for like just showing about how much he's actually tried over the years and worked over the years. Do you think that's a real perspective or do you think that's just, because um, I, like you could say that about a lot of I think a, industries. I think a lot careers, of people right? think that DJ like doesn't care about how he plays in golf and like, is that another one that was in a fumble? Yeah, why do they do that? They're just getting <laughs> um, injured. But like, I think a lot of it is media biased, but a lot of it is like guys just thinking that DJ doesn't care and whatnot, and they don't see all the effort that he puts in. You just you don't get as good as he is without being like working your ass off forever. <clears throat> the Consistency through the week was yeah, unbelievable. It's crazy. Like, look at the other best golfers in the world. Yeah. Rory shot 75 one day. Yeah. Still wouldn't have won, even if he shot 68 that day. JT had two good rounds and then faded. Yeah. A lot, like... <clears throat> He had a stress-free, basically sixty-nine on DJ? Sunday yeah. in the Masters. Yeah, he he looked like he, he birdied. <laughs> he birdied uh, open at second hole, maybe the par five. He, and then he went bogey, bogey. No, he birdied three. He birdied three. Bogeyed four or five. Yeah, and then and just then, was good. He had a good par yeah. save, I think, then on the par three sixth. Yeah, and then he was totally fine. Yeah. This is one of the worst games I've ever watched. Yeah, so bad. So, as a guy who obviously works very hard because he's the best golfer in the world now, do you think a win like that pushes mediocrity? On him? Yeah. Not really, because I think his attitude's just been the same over the years. Like, I think if anything was going to happen to him, like mentally, like a drop off, it would have happened when a bunch of his major when second it, like, places, like when he got penalized after the golf tournament happened for grounding his club in an unknown bunker, yeah, or like three putting from ten feet to lose the U.S. Open or whatnot. Yeah, he's just like he's just mentally very strong, and people people take his like not caring attitude as something that it isn't he he does that for a reason hmm. it's just if you don't the way he makes it seem like he doesn't care is like how you play golf with your buddies that's how he wants it to be that's how brooks plays and that's how dj plays and whatnot hmm. and it helps him can't wait for april man Ooh, that'll be a good game next week 
Who? Rams Bucks. Is that send Monday, Monday night? night? Nice. <clears throat> Who do you think's gonna win that game? I'll take. Jeez, good question. I'll take the Bucks. I hope so. Yeah, I guess the NFC West you gotta, is so weird. You gotta. Because if the Rams, you gotta cheer against every team that isn't. The right Seahawks now. in that division now. Right now we're third. Yeah, same record, right? But if we win next week, we're back to first. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, if the Rams lose. Yeah. If the Rams lose, the Bucks. Yeah. Anyway, all right, let's get out of here, Carl. Love you, bro. Love you. Mike. Stop. Stop.